0: Um, Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Welcome to the UDC Planning Committee meeting for the 21st of November. Um, A few points of order before we start. There are no fire alarms planned today, so if the alarms do go off, please meet on the grass at the front of the building and officers will advise you. Um, Can everybody ensure their mobile phones are turned off? Absolutely no mobile phones on. Um, I'd record everybody, remind everybody that we're being recorded, so please bear that in mind when you're speaking. Um, I have apologies of absence from Councillor Riles and Councillor Farthing is standing in. Um, Minutes of previous meetings, can I sign those? Declarations of interest.
1: Thank you, Chairman. Declaration of interest, uh, Member of the Town Council, Suffolk and Warden Town Council. Same
0: thing, Councillor Farthing. Same, yes, indeed. Okay. Minutes of previous meeting? Not agreed, Chairman. Councillor Freeman. Thank you. Uh, just on that, it's just the first one of the two that are actually on the list. It's not the minutes for the 14th of the 11th, because they're not ready yet. Uh, so it'll be minutes for the 24th of the 10th.
1: Uh, yes, that is correct. Yep. Uh, What's the point? The, the point, Chairman, 24th of the 10th, correct. If you turn to page 6... About halfway down the page, there's a minute that covers um, the uh, difficulties that we encountered with the vote uh, on that occasion. Uh, I'm not necessarily arguing with the minute, but I have taken the trouble to listen to the audio record. For those that wish to listen to it, I commend it to them. Uh, It starts at 85 minutes into that case and continues until 88.30 minutes. Uh, And that gives the context. Uh, First of all, it says it's a conditional vote. I have been a council for the best part of 20 years. I've never heard of a conditional vote, and the Red Book, I believe, is silent on the matter. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean you can't have a conditional vote because you can suspend standing orders. But if you're going to do that, you have to do it before the vote is taken. And with this case, what happened was there was a vote five in one direction, four in another direction, and an abstention, And then the abstention said, well, actually, my vote is conditional on X, Y, and Z. And so we did the vote again. The principle about voting, Chairman, is you vote, and that's it. It's not if you get the result you don't want, you go off and do it again. You can't do that. You have to make sure what it is you're voting upon before you vote. If you're uncertain, then you ask for clarity. Now, if you go through the audio recording, it was a difficult subject. I'm not in any way criticising you. I've been there myself. It's not easy. Uh, But the business of running a vote again, even if it's technically legally correct, and I don't believe it is, but even if it were correct, it's not a good principle for democracy. You have a vote and that's it. Uh, And then you maybe can do something else later on. This was (coughs) rather like the European Union which says, well, you haven't got the right result to that referendum, so you'd better go away and do it again. And you can jolly well go on doing it again until you get the result that we want. It's not democracy, Chairman. And so I have a difficulty with that minute, and I commend that we look at the audio record and review it.
0: OK, I'll take that away. I seem to remember that we took legal advice at the time and actually went with what we were... I, I, I take your point. We'll take it away. Councillor Fairhurst.
2: Yes, Mr Chairman. Might have suggested probably better... That we just call it into scrutiny, just to go through the process and see so
0: we assure sure in the future. Uh, yeah, I'm happy enough to do that. Thank so we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll discuss that with Mr. Brown well, it's with Elizabeth. and Elizabeth, and we'll see where we go with yes, it. I, I, I know what point you're making, to be I neat. understand it. Um, okay, in that case, I'll sign those off. Um, you've got some sub reps in front of you. Please read those while you can. And um, we can now proceed to the first item. If Mr Theobield would like to start, uh, land west of Woodside Way, Great Dunmo, UTT 181826. Thank you, Chair. This
3: reserved matters application relates to the provision of a new left-in, left-out priority junction to be constructed off Stalkford Road, to enable the housing delivery of 250 homes to serve Phase 3 as part of the wider approved allocated housing site at Land at Westside Way for the provision of up to 790 homes with community facilities. The new priority junction would be constructed between the existing Stalkford Road, Woodside Way roundabout and the approved but as yet built roundabout to be constructed further along Stortford Road to the west, as part of the master plan layout for land at Woodside Way, and as subsequently shown for the approved Reserve Matters application relating to highway infrastructure works. The application also includes associated highway mitigation works to allow for additional highway capacity for the increase in traffic which would arise from the development of Phase 3, namely. The widening of the section of existing footway and cycle pavement along Stortford Road between the two roundabouts to three metres to aid accessibility, widening of the existing roundabout on its south side by approximately two metres, and widening of the existing approach lanes to the roundabout on its north and east sides to allow for improved HGV tracking around the roundabout. And also the extension in width of the traffic island on the Woodside Way approach lanes to the roundabout. The design and performance of the proposed prior to junction and associated highway mitigation works have been assessed by Essex County Council Highways against relevant highway standards and have also been the subject of a rigorous Stage 1 safety audit and have been found to be acceptable from highways and transportation perspective. Members should be aware that access is the only material planning consideration which falls to be considered for this application submission as more particularly detailed in the committee report. In the circumstances Chairman it is recommended that the application be approved in line with the highways approval recommendation. As a matter of housekeeping The drawing issue date is shown in Highways Condition 1 and 2 for the recommendation relating to the Priority Junction Section 278 works should read 2nd of November 2018 and not the 2nd of December 2018 as stated. Thank you, Chairman.
0: Thank you, Mr Theobald. We have two speakers, so I'll take um, Mr Steve Hammond of uh, Wickford Developments first. Three minutes. Mr Hammond, you have three minutes. Could you press the microphone? Sorry. I'm here representing Wickford
4: Development Company Limited and the concerns we have in respects for increased traffic movements on the B1256 roundabout leading on to Woodside Way. There are other issues surrounding this application that committee members should be made fully aware of. The application must be viewed in its full context. It's only being made because UDC have granted an unimplementable consent for envisaged access from Woodside Way, but such access would amount to a breach of a restrictive covenant by UDC. In view of the difficult position UDC finds itself in, the application should be subject to the fullest scrutiny. If members require more information on this matter, can I suggest that they speak to Roger Harborough? Recently, Kia has made a substantial residential development application for 332 homes on land also owned by Siemens, south of the B1256, and being less than 220 metres from the left in and left out proposal. The safety audit and commission surveys do not acknowledge the potential traffic movements from this development, which is an allocated site in UDC's emerging local plan. Let me put this number to the committee. There will be over 2,700 homes served by one roundabout. The residents of Great Dunmo do not deserve a Braintree's Galley's Corner. Mr. Fearbowl does not address the National Planning Policy Framework in its entirety. Paragraph 108 states, In assessing sites, any significant impacts from the development on the transport network in terms of capacity and congestion must be effectively mitigated to an acceptable degree. And paragraph 109 states, development should be only prevented or refused on highway grounds if the residual cumulative impacts on the road network would be severe. The severity of these cumulative traffic movements has not been adequately assessed, therefore members cannot make an informed decision on the proposal and it would be wrong to determine the application now. Wickford Development welcome competition, but we would implore that UDC ensure a level playing field in terms of planning gain along with infrastructure improvements that will serve the community of Great Dunmo, not just this one site, and a holistic approach is required. The following questions must be answered. Have all traffic movement and cumulative impacts from all extent permissions and those yet to be granted been taken into consideration? is the widening of a road leading to a roundabout an adequate infrastructure improvement that will serve the great Dunmow community. Wickford Development respectfully requests you not to grant permission but instead defer it until the severity of the residual cumulative impacts on the road network has been more properly assessed
0: and quantified. Thank you. Thank you Mr Hammond. Uh, Ray Houghton the agent. Mr. Houghton, you also have three minutes.
5: My name is Ray Houghton. I'm the Head of Planning for Barrett David Wilson Homes, so I'm actually the the applicant in this case. Good afternoon, members, and thank you, uh, Chairman, for the opportunity to speak today. As you will recall, outline consent was granted over three years ago for 790 homes, a primary school, community buildings, open space, including playing fields, allotments and associated infrastructure. Reserve Matters' approval subsequently followed in December 2016 relating to the uh, two bicler accesses linked by the Spine Road. Given the ongoing injunction brought by the third party relating to access from Woodside Way uh, into the Siemens land, it's important to ensure the future deliverability uh, of this site and the, uh, including the cons- uh, consented parcel. This application before you today is for an independent access of Stortford Road and would enable the delivery of land for shown in, as phase three containing 250 dwellings on the approved land use phasing parameter plan. The proposal does not change uh, any aspect or quantum of the development or any other aspects of the consented scheme. The application has evolved to take full account of comments received from Essex County Council Highways and the Highways Authority, as the Highways Authority, in their consultation response of the 6th of November, which includes a full road safety audit and the Highways Authority have stated that from a highway and transportation perspective the impacts of the proposal in its context with cumulative uh, uh, proposals is acceptable to the Highways Authority, subject to the conditions set out in the Office's report before you. The conditions and obligations relating to the outline consented scheme obviously remain applicable uh, as well. The Parish Council has made uh, no comment Highways England raised no objection, Essex County Council Highways raised no objection subject to conditions and the proposed junction would provide safe, convenient access for all road users including pedestrians and cyclists uh, and also have the benefits of decreasing traffic on the proposed spine road. In the absence of any material planning considerations to indicate otherwise I respectfully ask members to approve this infrastructure application as per your officers uh, professional recommendation thereby allowing this parcel of land to come forward at some point in the very near future independently of all the other phases
0: Thank you. Uh, Thank you Mr Halton Okay members over to you. Councillor Fairhurst
2: Thank you Mr Chairman. 790 houses we will certainly add to our numbers in terms of Fabio Lance planning and that's really, very good. Um, I'm just hoping it includes a school and all sorts of playing fields and things, which is great. So one should begin to smile. A couple of questions, though, um, because we're here to discuss that, that entrance, that access. That's all we're here to discuss. And obviously I'm dismayed that we have no comment from the Parish Council. One would think they'd have some comment about it. And then I look through it, and and I must confess I'm bewildered by two things. The first is 11.4, and I'm going to read it just to to make sure that I actually read it properly. Um, This is what ECC Highways have advised... That is far, and I'm quoting, as far as can be reasonably ascertained from detailed drawing and sketch drawings submitted, that the proposed access scheme can be implemented subject to detailed design and further required. It's 790 houses. This is not a garage in the backyard. Surely Essex Highway, County Council Highways, can visit the site. I mean, maybe they're brilliant and they have wonderful magical modelling tools, but I would insist that at least we are guided by some kind of evidence. Instead of being told, on the basis of drawings being submitted, and I'm sorry, but I'd like to go back to that picture that was shown before of the entrance. I know nothing about splays and lines of sight, but that doesn't look that good from where I'm sitting, but maybe I don't have a magical crystal ball. This is not good enough, Mr Chairman. If we're going to get comments from Essex County about a 790 house issue, I'd like to know, I visited the site, I did did measure displays and lines of sight and I feel confident based on real evidence that this is viable. That's just my first thought. The second is when you go to Gen 1 of the Atlas Local Plan, um, it talks about access, access and access. So um, I'd love to hear how we arrive at something about about looking at pictures. Um, I don't think it's enough, Mr Chairman. It's It's not adequate or professional.
0: Firstly, I can assure you that Essex Highways have visited the site uh, I'll, I'll put it over to Mr. Brown just to clarify. <clears throat>
6: Highways have visited the site. Highways know this site very intimately. It is a critical part of the delivery of the upcoming local plan and committed sites within the development. And so they have visited the site. I agree with you, they could have terminology that in a much more confident way. But the fact is, they have visited the site. They have known the site. They even go to the next stage and done a safety audit, a first stage state, safety audit of it, and I actually checked it out as well. So they know the site, and it is perfectly more than adequate from a highway safety viewpoint, and highways have made that quite clear.
2: Thank you, Mr Chairman. So can you put on the record, please, that they have visited this site and amend our documents accordingly?
7: Anybody
0: else? Councillor Lodge.
7: Thank you, Chair. A couple of points which um, arose, in fact, from, from the, uh, the Wickford's uh, presentation, of, of which I wasn't aware. I, I, firstly, I'm, I'm always concerned about... about uh, Essex Highways comments, as with my uh, colleague there. And I wondered first of all, the the very specific one, that uh, they they mentioned have we done the cumulative uh, impact of all of the uh, extant permissions and we know there there are a lot of them around there. So I'd like a um, response on that and an understanding that highways really have done their work because members will remember from comments in previous meetings my uh, certain scepticism about uh, Essex Highways work. And then secondly they mentioned the, 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 the covenant on the land which was down to UDC. I just wonder if we could get to, I, I know it may not be a planning issue but, but I, w- I would very much like to know what that is. Thank you. <laughs>
0: I'm going to flip those round and ask Mr. Brown to actually cover the second one. You're right; it isn't a planning issue, but I think there's a little bit of clarity required. Well, I think on the covenant issue—that's probably better for
6: Elizabeth to, to field, I think, in terms of—and it. it's lack. No, no, and it's lack of relevance to be absolutely
0: important. Elizabeth.
8: Thank you, Mr. Thank you Mr. Chairman. As uh, the Chair and Mr. Brown have already said this is a private law issue, it is in the process of resolution but in the meantime this alternative means of access has been brought forward as a way of achieving a practical resolution for the future of this site. The restrictive covenant is not a planning issue and should not be taken into consideration by you in your deliberations this afternoon.
7: But just on that, could we not be kept in the dark, please?
8: As I said just now, Councillor, it is not an issue relevant to your deliberations this afternoon. The matter is in hand. Thank you.
7: Are you saying it's not in the public sector and therefore we can't know, or are you just saying that you don't want to tell us because I think members have a right to know?
0: Nigel.
6: Chairman, this is a planning committee. You deal with planning matters and nothing else. This is an application for an alternative form of access to a site that will deliver 790 houses. The reason why you are having an ongoing battle with a five-year land supply, there is an issue about uh, local plan not coming forward and also not delivery of planning permissions, but this is one of the prime reasons why we are going backwards in terms of five-year land supply, because sites with planning permission are not being delivered. And through no fault of the applicant, in this particular case, this site is not being delivered. It is being blocked for another reason. This is a way to alternative means of access to the site which is perfectly more than acceptable from the highway viewpoint that will deliver it. This will start reinvigorating the council's five-year land supply. There are legal issues and there are other issues going on which are wholly irrelevant to this application and the determination of the application today and we need to keep back to the planning application. So we are being
7: kept in the dark is the answer to that then? This is a planning committee
6: and the discussions today are purely a planning committee. If you have got issues about other matters about being kept in the dark, that is for somewhere else. This is a planning committee, Chairman.
0: Councillor WELLS.
9: Yes, with the clarity on the highways issues, I am more than happy to propose this for recommendation.
0: Um, you did raise a second point. You raised the second point concerning cumulative amounts onto the roads here. Um, I think you're aware of where this site is on the Tesco roundabout. You're also aware that this is off of the bypass and the spine road that has been developed purely for the additional traffic that is coming onto that road as such. So the whole of the design of the whole of the bypass to a certain extent is to take the volume of traffic that has now been fed onto it and this is one of the first sites in that cog if you like. Um, As far as what Mr Hammond said there is a little bit of pop calling the kettle black here in as much as uh, uh, I I would love to think that the things that we do want for Dunmo like the new schools, like the playing fields and everything else will now come forward as a result of the application that is in front of you whereas it has been blocked by certain other means. Quite happy to have a conversation with you afterwards so that you understand a little bit more about it. Okay. Uh, Councillor Wells, I have a proposal for an approval. Does that find a seconder? Okay. Councillor Hicks has seconded that. All those in favour of approval of this application, please show. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And Councillor Fairhurst, abstain. That application is approved. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. Theobald. We're now moving on to uh, UTT 180739, a full application at Joyce Franklin Trust, Newport. And uh, Mr. Luke Mills is going to present. When you're ready, Luke.
10: Thank you, Chairman. The site is located to the north of Berrywater Lane in Newport. It comprises a portion of the grounds of Joyce Franklin Academy, including playing fields and two car parks. The application is for planning permission to build 24 houses in the southeast corner of the playing field, enlarge the car park near the western site boundary, and provide new and enhanced sports facilities <clears throat> for the benefit of the school and local community. The houses would be laid out in a crescent shape at the southeastern fringe of the site, adjacent the cricket field. This slide includes examples of the typical house types that are proposed. It is recommended that planning permission be granted subject to conditions and a section 106 agreement.
0: Uh, Thank you, Luke. Um, We have around about, well, 11 speakers on this. So uh, I will start with the uh, members, uh, Mr Neil Hargreaves, followed by Councillor (laughs) Gerrard. So we're starting with you, Okay.
11: You have five minutes. Okay, thank you. Uh, This plan is not in the best interest of the school. Um, Our three children went to JFA, we all thought it was great. Recently I've been helping the school with a couple of matters, so I want to help. The school is short of funding for teachers' salaries. This project does not provide that at all and would actually make matters worse because of the running costs of the new facilities. On the site visit today you saw the grim state of the cricket pitch an example of where the school looks like it's struggling. Uh, The head was on the TV last year saying he didn't have enough cash to employ teachers and was therefore cutting the music department. Now if you can't afford enough teachers for key subjects the last thing you do is a three million pound building project using up the only assets that you have now UDC did a review of the project viability and this review asked a string of fundamental questions which are not answered pages four and five of their report these questions include where is the report saying these facilities are necessary there is no published need assessment for this three million pound project you are being asked to sacrifice ten affordable houses without an independent report evidencing need. Now I'm told there's been some discussion to consider it in the local plan sports strategy, but there's no documentary evidence of whether this huge, huge amount of extra facilities are needed or whether they may actually be needed better somewhere else or whether packing all this on a constrained site with very poor access is a suitable location for it all. This application would prejudge the sports strategy. Secondly, where is the evidence the school has looked for grant funding for these works? The review says all other options must be looked at before dropping affordables. The existing hockey hockey pitch was grant funded. On the England Hockey website, there's a whole section on getting major funding for exactly these sorts of facilities, equally applicable to all the facilities on the site. Where is the evidence of this being done and applications to the National Lottery and Sport England and Essex? So that's one. The officer report and actually the recent email from Hill tell you the viability assessment is fine this is highly misleading. The payment from Hill is fixed but the cost of the three million pound plus school facilities is not fixed and not even tendered. Hill are not doing that work and what is not drawn to your attention is the school's finances do not add up. The UDC review found a £350,000 understatement in the school's cost meaning that the cost is more than the school would get from the developer. The review asks, where will the school get the balance from? answered. By the way, Sport England say exactly the same thing about high cost, and they also say the school may have to to find more cash. As a result, the report says, I quote, there is a potential risk that costs may increase to the extent that the enabled development becomes unviable. Now cost rises on this are entirely at the school's risk, builders slow down development, hold prices up, their payment is fixed, but inflation cost on the build project is entirely down to the school to pay for. Um, The only backstop for this is section 106 saying if the facilities aren't built there would be a payment in lieu of the 10 affordables. I reckon about a million pounds? Would we really make the school pay? And this would be the worst of all outcomes, as we would have a very damaging housing development, condemned outright by the conservation officer, condemned by the landscape officer, condemned by the school's own traffic assessment, which has not been drawn to your attention. It's published in the parish council's evidence, because they don't want you to see it. Turning its only playground into a car park vehicle access. Do you believe that? refused by this council this year as unsuitable in the local plan site assessment, it puts a, a brand new flood trade straight into the worst flood zone in the village It's strongly opposed by, opposed by the parish council and you could end up with no sports facilities finally um, four years ago the school signed an implausible contract with a, a developer for millions of pounds of work it was impl- a complete mess they got, ended up with nothing the developer here knows this would not get approved if it wasn't connected with the school they will make extra profit from not having affordables and they're not doing any construction work for the school it's high profit, no risk they're taking advantage so it may look grand on paper but it certainly does not help the school's finances Thank you Yeah,
0: he wasn't speaking close enough to the microphone but uh, we'll amend that I didn't want to interrupt him as such. <laughs> uh, Stephen Ailes. So Stephen, I'm you have three closed. minutes. Okay. Um, Speak nice and close to the microphone.
12: Will do. The site is not included in the draft Uttlesford Local Plan, despite being put forward in the call for sites. It's also not allocated as a site in the draft Newport, Quendon and Rickling Neighbourhood Plan. In 2014, the school commissioned an independent transport assessment regarding the impact of the first additions to Berrywater Lane. The report states that Essex County Council has not considered the cumulative impact of the committed development or suitable mitigation measures to address the existing highway capacity and road safety issues. The existing layout of Berrywater Lane and the junction with Cambridge Road is not sufficient to accommodate the additional development traffic and appropriate mitigation measures should be provided. No changes have been made to improve the capacity of Berrywater Lane. And in the meanwhile, permission has been granted for a further 281 additional properties plus a 40-bed care home on White Ditch Lane and Berrywater Lane. A cumulative assessment to review the impact of these developments has not been completed. The Academy will increase in size. Building is already underway for an extra form intake. When Newport Parish Council were notified of expansion to a seven form entry secondary school, they wrote to ECC and formally requested that prior to work's commencing a safe in and out access into the existing school land for school buses was implemented, together with extra parking and a footpath onto the site from Gacy's Acre and Berrywater Lane. Nothing has happened. Access onto Berrywater Lane from the proposed site is currently not fit for purpose and contravenes GEN1 policy E3. We believe this proposal would be dangerous and visibility splays are inadequate. Newport has taken a large number of new developments, a 48% increase in housing stock so far since 2011, and there is no demonstrable need for any more new homes. In 2011, there were 974 houses in Newport. Since then, an additional 472 houses have been approved to be built here, less than a third of which have actually been completed so far, and these are selling very slowly. In addition, a further 195 houses are awaiting decision. This further demonstrates that there is absolutely no need for yet more to be built. There will be an additional load on the already inadequate foul water sewage system. There is a significant flood risk. Flooding has occurred on numerous occasions in the past on the corner of School Lane and Berrywater Lane, also beneath the railway bridge on the Cambridge Road, which, if these should reoccur, effectively cuts off access to the school. Further, it is noted from the plans that runoff from the proposed site is to be piped across the front of the old school buildings into Wiccan Water. Wickham Water regularly floods into Bridge End, and additional runoff can only exacerbate this situation. This development will further limit expansion of the school. More traffic and buses will use Wiccan Road and air pollution levels at the bottom of Wiccan Road are already at dangerous levels. UDC is monitoring air pollution pollution levels here and has recently extended monitoring to the T-junction of Berrywater Lane and Cambridge Road. This development would increase traffic volumes and exacerbate the already illegal levels of air pollution in the village, contravening policy ENV 13. Finally, an additional MUGA pitch with floodlights will cause light pollution issues for the new homes and for existing houses on the west side of Cambridge Road north of the railway bridge and consequently will contravene GEN 5. Please reject this proposal. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Mr Ayles. Uh, David Mayall. Mr Mayle, you also have three minutes, which I know you'll stick to.
13: Well, the three times I've done it so far, it was three minutes. Um, Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I'd like to talk about parking, the associated chaos and safety. In 2003, the then Newport Free Grammar School applied for permission for a new car park. The proposal would displace, this proposal would displace that existing car park of 65 spaces. According to the applicant's transport statement, these spaces will be reprovided within the school grounds to the west. Repeated verbatim in the officer's report, this is of course nonsense. The space that would be occupied is already used for parking cars. On Google Maps this morning, the satellite image shows 42 cars on this area, the only hard playground on the entire site. Plus a further two on the retained netball court. On Saturday, when only four of the hockey club's 14 teams were playing on the Astro, it contained 65 cars. I have photographs. Using the applicant's own data, this proposal will reduce the number of parking spaces on the JFAN site by 58 some 34%. If parking were allowed on the netball court, rather than merely the repositioned one, this would reduce the deficit to merely 34%. All this at a time when student numbers, and hence staff numbers, continue to increase by around 30% since the displaced car park was first sought, and more planned. Furthermore, permission is being sought for a second AstroTurf and an enlarged clubhouse, potentially twice as many concurrent users. Where will these folk park? I don't know, and neither does the applicant. Nowhere in this application is this considered. According to the applicant's latest site plan, the new parking spaces can only be accessed by driving over the retained netball court. This is entirely unacceptable. I have seen the applicant's attempted rebuttal of these figures from this morning. Said rebuttal does not answer the question. If you doubt it, check Google Maps now. The transport statement also says these spaces will be accessed from the main school access junction. It does not say that access will be across a netball court. This point, which I hope you guys will have seen on your site visit this morning, has never in my 35 years in the village been regarded as the main school entrance. Said location is manifestly inappropriate as you will have seen. The entrance itself is too narrow to allow two cars to pass. Berrywater Lane itself is too narrow at this point. Residents of Berrywater Cottages, directly opposite this entrance, have nowhere else to park. Consequently, the road is effectively single width at this point. Two years ago, fewer than 30 houses needed to pass this point to get to the Cambridge Road. Today, more than 300 dwellings are either completed or under construction, the majority of which are as yet unoccupied. Both Essex Highways and the applicant have been concentrating on the access for the residential development, claiming that traffic volumes will be less than current, like no one is going to use this to drop off their kids in the morning. The alternative would be to fight the chaos further along Berrywater Lane. Nowhere has either party addressed the bottleneck of this newly designated main school access junction due to carriageway width, parked cars, entrance gradient, cars dropping off, buses loading and unloaded, and the imminent tenfold increase in traffic. The situation is already unsafe, and this proposal will make it much worse. In conclusion, the only remaining opportunity to produce a scheme which would enable the school buses to be safely loaded and unloaded off the public highway, as my colleague has just mentioned. Like normal schools do, this is a running sore identified as such by Uttlesford for more than 25 years. This last option would be the last available frontage on the northern part of the school site is the only way of achieving this. If you grant this application today, this possibility would be precluded in perpetuity. Thank you.
0: Thank you Mr Mayall. Uh, Judy Emanuel. Judy you also have three minutes.
14: Thank you very much. I have two children at Joyce Franklin Academy and am hugely supportive of the desire to improve and add to the school's facilities. I help fundraise for the school as part of the Newport Parents Association. However, I'm also a parish councillor, liaison to both the schools in Newport, and member of the Newport, Quendon and Rickling Neighbourhood Plan Steering Committee. Fundamentally, I don't understand why Essex Education and or grants are not funding these improvements. We've seen the poor outcome of the Friends School selling off assets to meet funding shortfalls. Property development is a risky venture. As a parent, I'm not comfortable for the school's financial security to be put at risk for a reward that could potentially be funded by alternative means. With my neighborhood neighborhood planning hat on, I'm concerned by the lack of cumulative impact assessment on highway safety. It's like Groundhog Day, isn't it? Permission has been given for 320 houses feeding traffic through the center of the school from 24 different applications all have been approved in isolation by ECC and UDC, with no cumulative impact assessment on highway safety completed. This would be the 25th. The school commissioned a report looking at just two of these applications. It says, neither have identified any measures to mitigate their impact on Berrywater Lane, but will increase the vehicle movements during the AM peak by 41%. This level of traffic will exacerbate the existing safety issues at the school and in turn is considered to increase the probability and severity of an accident occurring. This is just from two developments. What about the impact of the other 23? This would be less of a problem if the draft local plan had any strategic infrastructure assessment, identification of shortfall and plan for mitigation to address these issues, but it does not. UDC's infrastructure development plan only contains infrastructure for the new garden communities and nothing for existing settlements. So we have a situation where applications are not being assessed with regard to cumulative impact on highways either individually or strategically. I put this to Matthew Drake Bradley, Strategic Development Team Manager for North Essex at a highways briefing I attended two weeks ago. His response You're absolutely right. In addition, Bruce Bamber, Transport Consultant, reviewed the application and stated that for six of the proposed dwellings, the shortest pedestrian route to Belmont Hill is via the vehicle access and Berrywater Lane. It is inevitable that some pedestrians will use this desire line, though there are no footways or verges available, and Berrywater Lane is narrow and bounded by steep embankments. This presents an unacceptable impact on highway safety and is thus contrary to paragraph 109 of the MPPF 2018 and policy Gen 1 of the Uttlesford Local Plan. Paragraph 109 states that development should only be prevented or refused on transport grounds where there would be an unacceptable impact of highway, on highway safety or the residual cumulative impacts on the road network would be severe. Now is the time for a strategic plan and a cumulative impact assessment, not for continuing to approve applications without a clear understanding of their impact. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to speak.
0: Thank you. and Anthony Gerard, Councillor Gerard.
15: Thank you, Mr Chairman. Um, for the benefit of the public and the audio minutes, my name is Anthony Gerard. I'm here to speak as the District Councillor for Newport. Um, I'm intimately aware of the application side as I actually live across the road uh, along with our MP. Um, as a parent, I sympathise with the financial predicament that Joyce Franklin Academy finds itself and the challenge that they face trying to fix their problems. As a chartered surveyor of over 30 years' of residential property development experience, and as a responsible substitute member of this planning committee, I have fully studied the application and have analysed the case officer's report in detail. And I agree with the case officer that the proposal does not accord with the development plan due to conflicts with policies, particularly location of housing, settlement character and affordable housing. However, I do not agree with the officer's recommendation that the proposal represents sustainable development in the context of the NPPF paragraph 11. Members, um, the planning questions before you today, as you know, are as follows. Number one, what are the adverse impacts? Number two, what are the benefits? And number three, is the development sustainable? Now, the case officer has offered the following benefits. Contribution towards the housing land supply, which we I'm sure all agree on, and provision of improved sports facilities for the school and the local community. He's also given the following adverse impacts. Harmful effect on rural setting of the village. He's given limited weight and lack of affordable housing provision. However, the office recommendation to you is flawed. As the following additional 10 adverse impacts and material considerations have been omitted, which you need to consider, please. Number one, the UDC Conservation Officer Objection has not been given proper weight. Number two, UDC Landscape Officer Objection has not been given proper weight. Number three, the uh, Newport-Quendon-Rickling Neighbourhood Plan, Regulation 14, has not been considered as a material consideration nor been given any weight. This is is contradictory to NPPF Paragraphs 12 and 13 which in particular dictate that you may give weight to emerging plans depending on their stage. And also this application site is specifically specifically excluded from the neighbourhood plan and specifically excluded from the emerging local plan. Number four, the UDC environmental health officer report has not accurately explained air quality impact of rat running. And to be consistent with your decision back in May of the 150 houses on Wickham Road, you need to consider that please. Number five, traffic congestion due to cumulative impacts which you have already heard of new housing approvals have been ignored. This is contrary to NPPF paragraph 109. Car parking, number six, the, 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 car, the only playground in the school is currently the access to new car parking. And I'm wondering if that is safe for children playing. Number seven, flooding impact on Bridge End, which is a conservation area where myself and our MP live, and has, been not, has not been independently assessed or properly considered. The drainage pipe from this application would go directly into that Wiccan water stream. Now, currently, the application site has no water going into that stream. So, the defense that we're not going to add anything additional is not a valid defense. Um, And there can be no argument that in times of heavy rain, additional flow into there will cause severe damage in a conservation area. Uh, Number eight, trees. Uh, There's there's been an unassessed impact on trees west of the site, um, of the site access, and along Belmont Hill that has been certainly underestimated. Number nine, affordable housing. The new hockey facilities do not mitigate a lack of 40% affordable housing if you combine it with the loss of pitches. Uh, UDC has not fully tested. The JFA funding availability. Where are ECC education? Sorry, apologies. Why are ECC education not paying? And UDC has not assessed whether these facilities are actually needed by the community, except for Saffron and Hockey Club. Finally, number ten, highway safety. There are inherent risks to pedestrians resulting from the lack of facilities for pedestrians along Berrywater Lane. Certainly for six of the proposed dwellings, there is an impact on Berrywater Lane pedestrian access. So, you have ten additional adverse impacts here that I'd ask you to consider and give weight to. Um, And I have no doubt that after due consideration, you'll make the right decision by concluding, in accordance with the NPPF, that the adverse impacts of granting planning permission would significantly and demonstrably outweigh the benefits, and therefore the application must be refused, particularly
0: Gen 1. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Jarrett, for telling us what we're supposed to be doing. Uh, I think uh, Mr. Duncan Roberts, please. <coughs>
16: Good afternoon. Uh, Thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak. I am the new principal at Joyce Franklin Academy Newport. This application is on behalf of both of Hill and the Academy. The Academy has been a school in Newport since 1588 and its community ethos has been central to its success. We have chosen to work with Hill given their excellent track record on similar projects such as the Avenue in Saffron Walden and their reputation as a high-quality house builder is illustrated by winning Best Medium House Building of the Year at Watt House Awards last week. The Academy faces significant financial challenges, difficult decisions including not replacing broken or out of date facilities have all been necessary. Many of the buildings are in a state of disrepair and it is exceptionally hard to maintain them to an acceptable standard. In one building we are unable to replace a faulty boiler and are therefore in the process of installing temporary heaters to keep the students warm this winter. Part of the Grade 2 listed building has been closed for 14 months because the roof is unsafe and cannot yet be repaired. The hard work of our diligent staff means the service we provide our students is still one of the highest quality. However, the broken buildings and tired resources and facilities are now impacting students' learning experience. So we have identified this sale of land as the best option for the injection of essential capital funds so our facilities once again match the quality of our day-to-day work. The proposal for no affordable housing, if accepted, will increase the amount we can reinvest. We are fortunate that we have land which is available to sell. The car park that some of the housing will be built on can be relocated to land suitable for no other use. And the perimeter of the cricket pitch where the other houses will be built has never been suitable for any sporting activity. Nonetheless, we have agreed with Sport England that part of our reinvestment will be improved sports facilities to both benefit the academy and the community. A significant proportion of funds will be spent on state-of-the-art sports facilities that will help to inspire future generations from our community for many years to come. The Academy's exam results continue to rise and remain significantly higher than national and Essex averages. Numbers on roll continue to increase both at Year 7 and Year 12, and staff retention is high. As a result, we have a sound financial plan for the next few years to cover staffing and other current costs. But being being able also to invest more money in our facilities we ensure that we remain viable for the future. It will improve the Academy's prospects of moving from good to outstanding on our next Ofsted inspection, which would be a major benefit to Newport and its surrounding villages. Because that reinvestment will mean students have computers that work, science and technology f- facilities that function effectively, music equipment that they can actually play, drama props that they can perform with, and they will be able to do this in classrooms, science labs, workshops, computer suites that are warm and clean and comfortable and fit for purpose. We therefore urge the committee to support this application, which will greatly benefit the young people of our district and improve sporting facilities for the wider community. Thank you. Uh,
0: Thank you, Mr. Roberts. Um, Mr. Bill Buck.
17: Well, Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, My name is Bill Buck, and uh, because this is an application on a school site, um, I speak as an ex-headmaster, and because it concerns the loss of sports provision um, for what it's worth as an ex-professional cricketer and coach, I also live opposite the proposed site, so NIMBY first, I think. Um, Newport is... uh, a village uh, which seems to have a changing nature, or at least if this goes through, it seems as though it might. And uh, the walk on the site this morning suggested that a long-established stand of trees on Cambridge Road, where light comes through to my property and two others, is to be felled and replaced by a light-blocking array of 24 houses. The three houses, I would suggest, opposite, are at least entitled to existing light. But getting back to the games field, um, I'm suggesting that that's a treasured relaxation area. And with it, it has a facility to return to senior cricket, which I would say has been played there before, or create further cricketing opportunities. And it's being sold off and denied to future generations. And once it's gone, that's it. I would ask you to consider, because I have sympathy with the hockey, um, that the extension of one sport at the expense of another is not necessarily the only way forward. A similar arrangement for an Astro, perhaps for a Saffron hockey club on land bequeathed to the community, could be considered on the site of the old French school, for example. Safety. The access to and from Waterbury Lane is already dangerous and accident prone. If the Council approve this site with these extra traffic congestion likelihoods, and a fatality is a genuine possibility and further accidents are bound to occur. Flooding, the bridge over Cambridge Road already floods beneath it. The site area is sodden. 24 extra houses can only exacerbate an already serious problem in wet weather. Light and noise pollution, the added doubling in fact of a hockey provision with prospects for weekend tournaments and lettings, will increase the already late night and weekend noise and light pollution affecting properties on Cambridge Road and those flanking the access. In conclusion, Newport has been granted large swathes of planning already. There is a local plan. Traffic and dependence on amenities are increasing accordingly. A growing school surely needs to keep its land for further development of a variety of sports and social space, not sell it off hiding behind the benefits, perhaps just for one sport. Neither should funds be accrued to subsidise improvements that central government should provide as I understand it. Thank you.
0: Uh, thank you, Mr. Buck. Uh, can I have Bill Alam?
18: Mr. Alam, you have three minutes. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Um, There is no provision uh, on this plan for on-site parking for school buses as a result of which these buses will continue to create a traffic hazard, an environmental hazard and a safety hazard to children and others in the vicinity of the school. Rather than using all of the allotted space for housing and new sports facilities, surely the first priority should be to provide safe on-site parking for the school buses. Twice a day at school time, the Cambridge Road slows to a near standstill in both directions, causing long tailbacks and a build-up of particulate pollution as buses block entry and exit from Berrywater Lane. As pupils enter and leave the school, many on foot, the buses block visibility for other road users, increasing, increasing risk to the pupils and staff. During the day, buses park adjacent to homes in Berrywater Lane, with engines running, creating a pool of particulate pollution at the junction of School Lane and Berrywater Lane. It seems to me an abrogation of the Planning Committee's responsibility for the Council to ignore the need for safe on-site parking for the school buses, and I therefore oppose this application. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Allen. Uh, Peter
0: Ascott. Ascot. Peter, you also have three minutes. Yeah.
19: Uh, good afternoon. Uh, my name is Peter Ascott. As you've just heard, I've lived in the vicinity of this proposed development for the last 30 years. And uh, I'd just like to pick up straight away on something that Duncan Roberts said, that... Um, we were learning about restoring the school boiler and roof and all sorts of things. What's this got to do with this application, which is purely for sports facilities and housing? I think he's distracted you. Um, what an example is this academy setting to our, ch- our children for the future? We've become, Newport Grammar Schools become, or well, JFA has become, now become a developer. It's beyond belief, and who would pick a site next to a railway line and a busy road to put new housing in? The houses have to be especially uh, treated to um, deal with the noise from the trains, so that's an issue which is in a report, which is before the council. Um, uh, Newport Parish Council had a policy of opposing any development by the JFA until... uh, times were improved in the infrastructure. This has never happened. It has gone on for years they have been completely ignored. The campus is divided by a road that is not fit for purpose to serve all the local development and proposed development. The school has grown and so has the busing and traffic loads from the development that has taken place locally. You need to observe the use of pedestrian crossing where students and staff step out onto the same without looking. And believe you me, they do, because I'm frequently up and down that road. The 20 mile an hour speed limit is ignored by most uh, drivers. And I asked Ray Gooding, our um, Essex County Council representative, if we could have rumble strips. Uh, to slow people down, and I think this is important for people who presently have no footpath to the main road and also other, peop- other people are uh, living along um, Burywater Lane. Uh, you will have observed on your site visit there are no footpaths either side of Burywater Lane from the main road until the school entrance. The pre- provisions of footpaths are not shown on the plan. It is proposed to excavate a services trench across the site entrance through the high bank on which mature trees stand and further into Wickham water um, via a balancing pond. Now I don't think the balancing pond will work because when we have extreme weather conditions the whole area by that bridge fills up and there's restriction under that bridge by debris gets trapped on a pipe that runs through there. I've already made note of that elsewhere. The land adjacent to the railway becomes a bogging extreme weather conditions. Water comes over the top of your shoes. The water finds its way via the rail bridge embankment and then causes flooding issues under the railway bridge. So all that, that problem has got to be dealt with and more water will be going into Wickham Water. Uh, the proposals scupper any possible infrastructure improvement to Bury Water Lane, and that is the nub of why we should refuse this. And you've been there this morning, and you can see how narrow that is. No thought has been given to the safety of the students, potential house occupiers, members of the public, and discriminates against the disabled and i showed you that path this morning how do they get a, how does it get a wheelchair down there to go to the village shop pub or whatever it's a meter wide persons using the local shop have been totally ignored there is no existing provision of safe passage for pedestrians and no improvement shown on the proposals can I get you to wind up Mr Ascot yeah oh sorry didn't think I'd take this long there is um, well I, I've, I won't reiterate what a lot of other people have said but I, I think I've made the, the gist of it and I would just say can we cut through the officers and other jargon and get use common sense in this instance it's, that's what it boils down to using common sense and I suggest this application is refused. Thank you. Okay.
0: Thank you, Mr. Ascot. Um I have two further speakers. Anne Williams.
20: Good afternoon, everyone. And Can everyone hear me? Because it, it is quite difficult at the back. Sorry. Thank you. I'm, I kind of think I'm the opposite of a NIMBY. Actually, it is in my backyard, and I think it's a really good idea. So I live on the aforementioned Belmont Hill. Um, I have two children who went through Little Butterflies, Newport Primary School, and then J Fan. Although it wasn't mainly J Fan for most of that time, um, they both play hockey. They don't play at Saffron Walden Hockey Club because they play elite hockey, and they train nine hours a week. And that's part of the reason why I'm actually here to support the school in their planning application, because of the quantity and quality of sports facilities this will actually generate for the school, yes, for the hockey club, but also for netball, for football, for basketball, should anyone want to play that on it, actually for cricket, and as a member of Saffron Strider's running club, it actually it comes up in our, in our discussions too. The current Astro pitch is... It's the only floodlit evening available, multi-use, all-weather pitch within a 12-mile radius. There's one at Lord Butler, which is not available on public hire. Their hours are limited. And there's this one. Otherwise, you go down to Helena Romana's in Dunmo. So, or you go to Linton. There are your options available. So you have to travel a long way to get to a sports pitch to use in an evening. Now, in terms of community access, the primary schools use the Newport Astro, to develop their hockey because the primary schools don't have access to multi-weather sport pitches. They have very old-fashioned tarmac playgrounds, as we've discussed, which are not suitable for children in terms of joints and damage and developing and growing in sport. The more sport they play, the more pressure they put on joints. And if you're playing it on car parks, in effect, you do a lot of damage. So multi-use sports pitches are really good. And in terms of the community, if you want to keep children off the streets, if you want to keep them engaged, the more evening sporting facilities that are all-weather that you can provide are the better option. And actually, in Uttle said, we're quite short on those. There aren't that level of pitches. Now, Newport has a lot of grass, and there's been a lot of conversation made about the amount of grass that would disappear because of this. Uh, There are natural springs across where the houses on the top part are built and the rest is a sand rabbit warren. We replace a little bit of that by taking that out. We gain a second all-weather pitch and we upgrade the quality of the first one. The current one is a sand pit. Any child that falls over on that pitch ends up losing their skin. If you fall over on a modern all-weather 3G pitch, you get a light red red at absolute most. So you gain 2 all all-weather Evening pitches with modern low-level floodlights that reduce the light pollution significantly below the levels that are already in place from the 20-year-old floodlights that are already there. You still have one, two, three full-size football or rugby pitches and you have a running track available with land around the right size. You retain a cricket pitch. What you lose is the boundary area beyond the boundary, which is currently, for those of you who have walked it, and uh, it's a pit. It's a rabbit warren. There are such huge potholes in it. If you walk along there, you have to watch your feet because never I don't know how anyone runs to catch a ball on it. It's dangerous. And in the summer, it is the only place that my 11-year-old border terrier can actually catch a rabbit because the number of rabbits that come off the railway line and die from myxomatosis on there, it's the killing fields. The school groundsman must be occupied full-time getting dead rabbits of that facility so yes you lose the post boundary area but actually proper fencing proper drainage and proper land management of that area in the building site means that you retain the integrity of the cricket pitch and actually you can run across it so in terms of quantity we gain to close now we gain an all-weather surface and we protect the cricket pitch in terms of quality you actually have surfaces you can play sport on without injuring children and the community Thank you very much.
0: Thank you, Mr. Williams. Uh, And lastly, Nikki Davis. You also have three minutes.
21: Um, I'm also a parent at the school, and I live in the village. I'm chair of the Newport Parents Association and raise funds for much needed things in the school. I'm not going to talk about the development, I'm going to talk about how we would spend the money um, were we granted permission. Yes, we're aware about the car park uh, and part of the land sale of, will be used up part of this car park. We've taken this into consideration and we've taken in residents concerned about drop-off and pick-up um, and we're, looking to, we're proposing to put controlled parking in and a traffic movement system within the academy grounds. Uh, Another part of the money will be used to replace flooring across the academy. It's becoming jaded and dangerous in classrooms, and we want to actually replace this across the school. From a safeguarding point of view, um, as you're all aware, the school is split. What we are proposing to do is put access control in, which will improve safeguarding students should we need to have a lockdown if there are any issues within the school. We're also very conscious about improving the environment. Um, Currently, the site is a non-eco-friendly site, but we pride ourselves on having a school which is caring and focuses on the individual and the community. Our intention is to introduce and design, build and maintain an eco-project across the whole academy site where students will look to redesign the open spaces and improve the environment of the academy. Additionally, we have limited spaces for students during break times, so we're proposing to put canopies in to provide um, seating spaces under cover. We also want to improve our facilities um, within the new block that the local authorities um, are proposing to fund. This would have eight classrooms, however these would be of a basic design. The option would be to improve the specification of the rooms to better improve our facilities for students, looking to upgrade the specifications, having things such as movable walls so we can have larger classrooms or smaller classrooms, depending on what is required. Additionally, we'd like to improve the ICT in the classrooms um, and have further training for staff. As our school is is growing, um, also our sixth form is growing, so our proposal is to redevelop the um, original building. It's it's a grade two listed building so it needs to be done sympathetically but we want to make this a dedicated sixth form space. Uh, ICT it's a growing and important area for the school. We want to provide interactive whiteboards in every room with computers suites updated with new hardware and replace all computers and monitors so that every child has one that works. Another area that we want to work on is STEM, science, technology, engineering and mathematics. What we have at the moment is um, limited and therefore restricts what we are able to do. Our curriculum opportunities in there would be significantly grown should we have the investment um, in technology where the academy never has had that before. Equipment would need to be bought to appropriate for the school and we would purchase training and expen- um, training with for stu- uh, staff and students in this area. Uh, music has been brought up. Part of our Academy of Vision is to provide a rich and relevant curriculum with varied and exciting extracurricular opportunities for students. We want to provide this through music by giving pupils the opportunity to play instruments they've never played before, both for those that have had previous experience and those that have had none. But we need money to invest in this. Lastly, sports. Um, we're proposing to put a second AstroTurf pitch in. In 1994, the money was granted to put the first AstroTurf in, but as has been previously said, it's sand-based. It gets wet. If it's it's icy, we can't play on it. If It gets gets waterlogged as well. We're proposing to put a second pitch in, and this will also work alongside Saffron Walden Hockey Club. Um, They've currently gone from eight teams to 14 in the the period since they st- have the Astro turf, we are proposing to grow this further. Um, we have men's and ladies' teams which have climbed three levels over this period, and now the second highest level league in the league. But unfortunately, we have waiting lists, particularly for young students, and we want to be able to provide that for them. Um, as far as floodlighting is concerned, we want to replace the floodlights so that we reduce the light spill and dis- uh, disturbance to surrounding amenities and houses. And as far as the cricket is concerned, we want to put winter nets in so that this can be played all year round and it's something that's available to the whole village. Thank you.
0: Uh, Thank you, Mrs Davis. Um, Councillor Hargreaves, I I can hear you from here, all right? Please give people the respect that they gave you when you spoke. Okay. Okay. That's all of our speakers, so over to you, committee. Councillor Fairhurst.
2: Thank you, Mr Chairman. Sobering listening. I don't think it's very pleasant for us to listen to the... The applicant here is a school, really. They've got together with someone called Hills, and they're going to develop something. And when you listen to what they're going to do, it's very exciting, it's very interesting. It's very, it's very commendable. They're going to produce proper sporting facilities. They're going to increase the quality of the cricket, change the floors to make them work, workable. They can look at the heating, which isn't working. And this is a good school. It's not a planning consideration, but it's a good school. And it's in a terrible state. And that's not good. and i have to sympathize with the with the headmaster and with the and with the, the the lady from the PTA who see this as an opportunity to to save the school from a a state of of probably near dereliction i haven't seen the school itself and i've never been to the school but we have to abide by policies here and look at it and see if this is the right thing to do. I would argue that the right thing to do is be funded correctly, and, and these facilities were put in place by the society that needs this school for the future, not by commercial deals done to, to, to do it on our, on, on, our, on our own as a do it yourself scheme because the money is simply on to there. Not for a rich society like we have. However, those are not planning considerations. We're looking at a planning consideration. So I'm going to try and stick with that if I can. And as was said, here we sit down and we look at what is the impact? What is the impact on society? What's the impact on, as a planning application? And we have to weigh up all the impacts, and then we look at all the benefits, and we look at the two, and then we say, is it sustainable? And we arrive at a conclusion. And I'm going to go through it in a, in a, in a somewhat boring way by saying, first of all, when I see something from a conservation officer which says, absolutely not, I am swayed as you know. This was Barbara Boswell, who's really reliable and trustworthy, and I'm pretty impressed by that. So that's an easy decision. It's against heritage and it's against our cultural identity of the space. Then the landscape chap says, no, this is wrong. This is not in keeping with what we're doing. It's simply not right. It's on a verge and it's all wrong. I'm not going to dwell on those issues. As you know, myself and Councillor Lachlan have an issue about traffic, because it involves safety and air quality and all sorts of other issues and we've already heard that there are 320 houses approved that haven't been occupied yet and they're going to in fact we've already established on the traffic on the, on the already difficult traffic load by almost 42% so we have an issue on that road already there's a problem of traffic and I'm going to highlight that and say safety because you're dealing with a school we're not even part of that do we next on the line is flooding it's pretty obvious that flooding is a problem that hasn't been addressed properly in this recommendation but we're going to talk planning and say loss of amenity. We're going to say, because I'm going to quote the UDC here, it's a loss of playing fields, lots of valuable amenities. We decided ourselves. UDC said it's not permissible, it's not approvable. She said so on this year. It says unsuitability of the site. This is what UDC said. Are we going to change our minds because so it doesn't suit us or because we really want the school to survive? You know, Mr Chairman, I really do want the school to survive. It hasn't been mentioned air quality, but you know what we did say once, that air quality is critical in this space. We rejected a plan which was rather good for 150 houses because the air quality was at risk. Apparently, the latest information is even worse than we thought. So air quality remains an issue. So there are at least seven or eight really good reasons why impact is a problem here. But let's be fair and look at the benefits. One of the most important benefit that we always agree on is affordable houses. Well, that's not going to work around here. So forget on. let's move on quickly. Um, parking. Nope, that not either. We're going to use parking. That's already been taken. So no parking there either. 24 houses. Guys, this is important. 24 houses adds to our list and makes this planning committee look a little bit better because we don't have that many houses to build. That's so That's every need. need, but not in this area. We've already established that 320 houses have yet to be built. They're clearly not needed. As they were, they'd be snapped up like, and all sold and rebuilding more houses. So the question of need is 24 houses, yes, perhaps not in that space. But what are we doing with Newport? increase in size. Are we going to kill the town to meet our our objectives? Not for me it is. The problem is this. I do feel for the school, but I'm not sure that 20 pieces of silver will buy our future. I think it's wrong. We found it unsustainable already and it remains unsustainable. It's not in our local plan. It's not in the neighbourhood plan.
0: Mr Chairman, I strongly suggest I move to reject this. Okay, I'll take that for the moment, okay, and park it. Councillor Wells and then Councillor Loughlin.
9: Yes, well, firstly, I absolutely applaud the provision of sports facilities, both for the school and for the community. And I absolutely applaud the school's efforts to deal with its problems in this way. But I do have grave concerns about the road access, particularly where school buses are going to park and drop off not just for the safety side of it but for the impact on the road and on the residents and i'm also concerned about how it will affect well the residential area later on especially in the winter time with lighting etc because um, those pictures will presumably be used by teams of rugby football or whatever and they will be coming in cars etc etc so um, I don't know what the lighting... It says in here something about the external lighting is um, in accordance with lighting details, but I don't think we've seen those. So I have concerns about that side of it as well. So, yeah, I'm... Council- I, said, I applaud it, but I'm, I'm concerned.
0: OK, Councillor Lochman.
20: Thank you.
22: Um, can you hear me? Is that working? Well, firstly... I am not, I'm not a banker. I am not a bank manager, and so I am not here to uh, discuss whether the uh, school can afford extra staff or not, as uh, Councillor Hargreaves says. Neither do I care where our MP lives. Um, so I am here. I am here to judge this planning application, which I will try to do, and um, planning policies and the NPPF. And I am going to read. Uh, out from the MPPF which says um, promoting healthy and safe communities and it says plan positive positively some of this is a bit of blur but it is relevant plan positively for the provision and use of shared spaces community facilities such as local shops meeting places sports venues open space cultural buildings, public houses, well I hope that doesn't apply to the kids, and places of worship and other local services to enhance the sustainability of community and residential environments. It says, to take into account and support the delivery of local strategies to improve health, social and cultural well-being for all sections of the community. Well, I actually think it's very, very relevant. My, I had three sons, all of them went to, which was their Newport Free Grammar School, and did very well, thank you. Um, and I do have concerns about Bury Water Lane, it was always nasty, and in fact when my eldest son was there, there was an accident and a young boy was hit by, I think he walked out from behind a school bus, and that the crossing appeared in the summer holidays. So there's always been an issue of traffic on Berry Water Lane. I did ask this morning about the B1383 if a traffic survey had been done and if, if there had been many accidents. I know there's been a, a crossing, a, a light crossing further up the road, which is, well, to me, it's fairly recent. It wasn't there when my boys went to school. So um, I actually don't really have a problem with this I, I know any development you have you're going to have noise issues last week we discussed the airport which has the biggest noise issues in this district and we, there are mitigation measures, you can have double glazing put in and these are usually asked for by planning officers when a development is built that mitigation for noise and air pollution I think is a bit of a red herring that's being thrown here it is, there are obviously cars, there is noise pollution but that will be the same without, without 24 houses. If I were going to make a complaint it would be because there were no affordable housing but I'm trying to balance the two and see which is most beneficial to the community and to my mind, and other people are obviously disagreeing with me, to my mind this has more benefit to the community than a couple of affordable homes and that's all I have to say. Thank you.
0: Councillor Freeman.
1: Uh, I think maybe, uh, whatever, thank you, thank you Chairman. Um, I had hoped since we sat through the airport meeting last week that we might have had an easier time of it this week, but this is actually no easier than the airport for different sort of reasons. So, in no particular order, uh, I I do have problems with this, I mean I'm fully in favour of excellent sports facilities um, Hockey used to be my favourite field game a very long time ago, uh, and having good facilities is fundamental to a healthy society, no question about that. But looking at this, if you looked at it from a a completely dispassionate point of view, the best thing to do would be to actually build a new school someplace. Actually, that's what you need. Uh, And the various speakers have spent the money several times over, as far as I can tell. There's a figure that somebody mentioned to me about £3.1 million. I don't know how much it is. Uh, But it's going to be used for an extraordinary range of uh, issues. It's going to be get computers at work. It's going to be fixing the flooring. It's going to be get access control. These are all motherhood and apple pie. You can't argue about them. They're wonderful things to have. And every school should have them. Um, But the point is, essentially, the school is underfunded. And you don't fix underfunding by selling off the family silver, and that's what this is. It's selling the family silver. And once it's sold, it's sold. And the school is still underfunded. It's not as if you're getting an extra income stream from this. You're getting a tranche of cash, which you might spend on all these high-value items, like uh, a new all-weather Category Four pitch or whatever. They're very expensive to maintain. I know this because we we're in Saffron Warden there has been several attempts put in all-weather football pitches and they cost an incredible amount of money every year to maintain. Uh, And if you're strapped for cash already you can't have all-weather pitches and keep them in perfect working order. That's an absolute absolute, uh, fact. And walking around there, because I've never been around this particular school before, it's very obvious that the ambience and the sense of place as we walked around where the houses are going to be, is very unusual. It's um, a rather lovely scene, the church in the distance, okay you've got the railway line but you know, hey, that's what you get. Uh, And once that's gone, it's gone and it's going to be replaced with some fairly ordinary houses. But the key, key thing to me is not the fairly ordinary houses. There are no affordables, and that's because it's been traded off against all these things that are going to solve the school's problems. But in 20 or 30 years' time, its heating system will need to be replaced again. Computers will be utterly different. It's only only solving the problem in the short term. It's not a good argument, in my view. Um, The the issue, to me, is the fact that at the junction of um, Barrier Water Lane, and the, whatever it is, the High Street, the main road. Uh, the latest air pollution figures are 48 micrograms of nitrogen oxides per cubic metre. 48. The legal limit is 40, four zero So it's nearly 20% above that. Now, this is diffusion tube information. They're notoriously inaccurate. And Utterswood takes a very, in my view, a very cavalier attitude to air pollution in the sense that we say, well, that's a... That's a, 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 a Diffusion tube is going to have to be calibrated, and you normally calibrate them down by uh, against actual equipment measuring instruments rather than uh, uh, a simple device. 48 micrograms per cubic meter is a lot of air pollution, it's a lot of air pollution to have around houses, it's a lot of air pollution to have around a school. And I'm old enough, Chairman, possibly one of the few here is old enough to remember. ...when people argued strongly in favour of lead in petrol. They said you must have lead tetraethyl in petrol, otherwise the cars won't work. The engines will wear out. The fuel efficiency will go right down. It'll be dreadful. We all know this. I know, Chairman, that you're a very enthusiastic user of motor cars. so You'll understand precisely what I say. Uh, but, hey, we managed to get rid of the lead in petrol. The world did not end. And when it comes to air pollution... Uh, and the, point, the reason for getting rid of it was, of course, basically we were poisoning our children with lead, simple as that. And it was organo-lead, which is the worst sort. It's much worse than inorganic lead. Uh, and eventually we grasped that nettle and we dealt with it. We got to grasp the air pollution nettle. And 48 micrograms per cubic metre, OK, it would be attenuated. That figure would be massaged by this and that and the other. But it's not the only site. There's another site in Newport, which exceeds the limit uh, on one or two occasions, And in Kent, as we know, when we heard the previous application uh, there were properties turned down on the basis of air pollution, estates turned down, and and that um, decision has been upheld at the High Court just recently. And so we need to actually start grasping this nettle, and I think the school should not be selling the family silver to fix the short-term
0: problem. uh, Okay, we'll end it on that one, shall we? Does anybody else want to speak before Councillor Chambers and then Councillor Hicks, I think.
23: Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Mr. Chairman, um, as you all know, I've lived here all my life, so I've known Newport Grammar School, as I call it, uh, as long as I can remember. I have been privileged to have been uh, over the whole school, so I do know the school inside as well as outside. I do have some concerns, though, Mr. Chairman, I have concerns partly about Berrywater Lane and, as Councillor Wells said, about the buses, because it is chaos there. I can never understand over the years why they haven't tried to do something about it. It is extremely narrow there and can be very dangerous. Now, the other thing is uh, that I do feel very strongly about the flooding in Newport, The Flooding in Newport under the bridge and and round where our depot is, and our depot has been flooded on various different occasions, if people didn't know that. So I have a concern that this uh, residential site could actually increase that quite substantially. As for uh, good living or healthy living, uh, and it was just been mentioned about air pollution then there are ten of us here today. I suspect we all have at least one car, maybe two, maybe even more than two. So we're all polluting it. So I don't think that's a really relevant thing. We do need to get air pollution better, but we're all hypocrites if we sit here and say we're going to drive fast cars and I'll leave it at that. But I'm sorry, Mr Chairman, I can't go along with this. I will be voting uh, against it. Councillor Hicks, and we'll try and move it on.
24: Thank you, Chairman. Um, (coughs) I'd like to say that I've heard the arguments on both sides of uh, this, regarding this application, and uh, (coughs) I confess that I'm persuaded by the um, people who have applauded the way the school is trying to overcome its problems. I, I, I think um, I hear the same old story f- from those opposing the proposal. It's always the same. The flooding dreadful. The traffic is t- terrible. We shouldn't listen to Essex Highways. They don't know what they're talking about. Um, we, we can all do everybody else's um, job for them, we're more expert than they are and so we shouldn't listen to them, we should do something different. Um, I tend not to do that. I tend to believe that where we have officers who um, are qualified, I prefer to listen to them and to accept their um, summary of the um, advantages and disadvantages and uh, this makes me come down. On the basis that the advantages of this scheme outweigh the disadvantages, and so I would definitely support it. Uh,
0: Councilor Lodge, briefly. Thank you, Chairman.
7: In fact, I will will be more brief because uh, colleagues around have said a remarkable number of the things that that, uh, I was going to say. So I'll only just add uh, things that might be a little bit different. Um, Though I will say first of all that uh, I I sympathise with the school and the shortage of cash. But this is Essex County Council's issue to to refurbish the school and keep that uh, school in running order. It isn't for for this authority to to work on that. Uh, And unfortunately, my my colleague did pinch almost my exact phrase. I was going to talk about the crown jewels rather than the family silver, uh, but we both know we're talking about the same thing. There's another school about half a mile from here which uh, sold off... um, most of its crown jewels about 15 years ago and built uh, a housing estate. Um, It then discovered that uh, a few years later it was in trouble again and it sold off the rest of the crown jewels to build another housing estate. And what happened last year? There were no more crown jewels left and they have gone out of business. Now. It's not a planning consideration and in fact furthermore we've talked about a lot of numbers on the maintenance of the school and of the money which may be generated from this scheme but we don't know what it is. We haven't seen the numbers. We don't know whether any of that money is going to IT or any of the other projects that the chairman of the Parent Teachers Association spoke about. We don't know about it. And it's not a planning issue anyway. So let's have a look at the real fundamentals issue of this. And the fact is that Berrywater Lane is actually dangerous. It's dangerous now it will be even more dangerous when another 320 unoccupied houses start discharging their cars down that road. Um, If for nothing else it's dangerous. To try and make this more safe, the school elite, the school was told I think probably about four or five months ago they couldn't use the access from that car park because the displays, the visibility as you come out of there were not adequate and Essex Highways told them that and so they couldn't progress with this application so what did they do? they chopped down one of the trees illegally Um, maybe after a little bit of pressure they, they, they planted another tree some hundred years younger but way back so they've actually tried to Um, divert the process and and that annoys me enormously people will remember when somebody carved a six inch um ring all around a tree so they could fit in another half a dozen houses. I was pretty upset about that but we weren't able to do anything about that as it it turned out. I'd like us to do something here um, because yes it's dangerous. I talked about the tree. I'm going to go through very quickly other issues I think most of them have been mentioned. If the conservation officer Barbara Bosworth who has been working for this council up till a few months ago probably for about 30 years maybe even longer comes out so strongly To say that this is an inadequate site, it is the wrong place um, to build, they're not affordables. Um, One other thing that's different, um, like uh, like, uh, Robert, I know know the school pretty well, in fact I've I've participated in sporting activities there for about 20 or 30 or 40 years. Um, One little fact. A few years ago, one of the clubs I play for, who had hired the the grounds for some time, their fees were doubled overnight. And so that club took itself off that site and made probably somewhere of the order of about 400 miles of unsustainable journeys to uh, an alternative location. Yes, we need the sport. I'll conclude on this, Mr Chairman, because I know some of it is repetitive. These sporting facilities are needed, but you will be aware and members will be aware that this council is preparing a sports strategy which will cover the whole of the district. These considerations need to be um, uh, the, the, the primary considerations for uh, for where sporting facilities are located. It's not for one particular participant in the district to put forward a deeply unsatisfactory plan to solve the issue. Um, You may gather I shall be voting against this.
0: Thank you for being brief. Elizabeth. Elizabeth.
8: Thank you, Mr. Chairman. There is one point I would like to make regarding the issue of funding of improvements to the school itself. Joyce Franklin Academy is an academy. It is an independent school, not a private school, but it is not directly maintained by Essex County Council. That is something of which you should be aware, and it therefore has more responsibility for its own financial position.
0: Okay, I think everybody's had a say. Um, Probably except for me. And I will be very brief. Um, Just look at the outline boundary of the school on the map in front of you. That's the outline boundary of a school, not a housing estate. And it's really as simple as that. right, if we build on this, then where would the school expand to? The other thing is this planning committee hasn't done itself great benefits with what it's done in White Ditch Lane and other areas with individual developments that are accumulating down Berry Lane. You know, there's a problem coming and just adding bits and pieces like this isn't going to help it. So I would love to support elite sport. I would love to replace boilers. I'd love to do everything else. But unfortunately, I don't think this is the right application for it. So uh, there you go. Um, I have a motion for a refusal. Does that find a seconder? Uh, Councillor Chambers, okay. Uh, can I have some reasons for that, please, Mr. Brown?
6: Um, I'm picking up the discussion because,
0: to be honest with you, for the last 40 minutes I've known where this was going, so I've been able to. So,
6: um, but it takes you a lot longer to get to the point. Um, it, it takes some people. <laughs> Just before I do um, that, the issues obviously, members have judged that the benefits of the proposal do not outweigh the harm from the proposal, which we go back to the harm. What I would suggest you do is start going back to the impact on the area, the impact on the conservation area. It's only partially in the conservation area, you should note, but I think M1 and also Gen2 would cover in terms of the design of the issues. Um, I would also try to talk you away from Gen1, but I'm not going to try too hard, to be honest. Members of obviously, obviously the Highway Authority have raised no objections to the proposal. But um, I'm, I'm not even going to try to persuade you not to use Gen 1. Because, but I, I will persuade. I'll try to say that because you know how that one run out. But also, that would also help because also, so we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. You do need to reject it ironically for the lack of sports facilities because you're losing those by refusing those so you need to get that into, into any mitigation measures. I would also suggest you add H9 into that because that would have to be put into the mix in terms of dealing with affordable housing and Gen 1 in terms of any mitigation measures in terms of highway improvements. So what I've <laughs> suggest is one refusal reason regarding M1 and Gen 2. I would gently try to nudge you away from Gen 1 as a refusal reason but that's down to the proposer and also a proposal to, to lack of mitigation in terms of LC4, H9, and also Gen 2 as well. Sorry, Gen 1 in terms of Gen 2 and Gen 1 in terms of okay. mitigation.
0: Uh, are you generally happy with that, Councillor Fairhurst? Yes, Mr Chairman. Just a question of flooding. Uh, to a certain extent, I not going to say unproven. but
6: <laughs> The flooding issue, and this is very, very difficult for me to say this, because I know there is a serious flooding issue in, in Newport, this proposal is not in a flood risk area and that's on the basis of what Gen 3 will be judged on. And in also, we also, from a sustainable urban drainage situation, we have no objections from the county subs team. And, and it's, it's quite a, an achievement to get a response from the subs team, let alone a, a no objection from the subs team. So I don't think a, 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 a flood risk reason for refusal on this application would be a there are other issues going in Newport which hopefully we can sort out in a in a separate way
7: was that actually categorical from the substate team because the the paragraph on that is long and
0: complex and <coughs> didn't seem to be categorical can we take that separate okay yeah otherwise we'll be here all day
6: so I think, uh, yeah so all we're waiting for is is whether or not in terms of the proposal wants to include I think we are going to go along with that, but whether or not you are going to include Gen 1 as well.
0: I would say Gen
2: 1, but I am worried also about the landscape. And uh, I mean, if you include Gen
0: 1, then you are covering it. I
2: if think. Include, okay. Sorry,
6: if you include M1 and Gen 2, you can yeah. cover the landscape issues in terms of the. In-
0: okay. EM7.
6: Yeah. Seven is just in terms of yeah seven yeah you could In terms for that particular point yeah.
0: Okay. Generally, you're happy with that. Okay. I have a recommendation for refusal refusal, and I have a seconder for that refusal. All those in favour of a refusal, please show. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Those against or in favour? Three. Okay. That item is refused. Thank you very much. Uh, Councillor Chambers. Thank you for your patience, everybody. Do you need it? Uh, I'm going to go with it if we can stay. I'd like to try and get this out of the way.
6: Yeah, I agree. OK. And it's
0: bloody cold. UTT 181993, a full application for land to the west of High Lane Stansted. Mr. Tyler will take us through it.
25: Thank you, Chairman. The application was deferred on the 24th of October to review for a proposed pedestrian crossing uh, across uh, Cambridge Road. A quick reminder of the application, the site is located between Cambridge Road and High Lane to the north of Stanford Mount Fitchett. The application is for the development of the site to provide 35 dwellings with associated works uh, including the uh, introduction of a new pedestrian access points along Cambridge Road and High Lane and a vehicle access uh, taken from High Lane. The development includes 40 affordable housing. Um, The street scene plan uh, demonstrates the levels of the site and how the development will sit within the street scene. From the lower levels to the north of the site, which is to the left of this plan, um, over to the uh, south of the site, uh, which is to the right of the plan. Um, although the uh, landscaping and boundary treatment isn't included in these plans, they should be um, conditioned if approved. Um, The cross-sections and levels. For members who visited the site this morning, uh, you would have noticed significant uh, difference in the ground levels around the site, which results in constraints uh, when providing... um, levelled access, pedestrian access. Um, For the members that didn't uh, attend the site visit this morning the cross section demonstrates um, the differences in the ground levels from Cambridge Road and across to High Lane. So the um, uh, cross levels at the top of the plan to the left would be Cambridge Road. Uh, You notice there's a direct increase in levels uh, then this goes down, dra- dramatically down to High Lane, to the right of the plan. Following the deferral of the application to re- review whether pedestrian crossing would be included, we have consulted the highway authorities. Comments uh, are included in paragraph 9.35 of the committee report. Overall, the Highway Authority does not support a new pedestrian crossing along Cambridge Road. This is based on an assessment of its requirement and practical reasons. Uh, There is no footpath provision on the western side of Cambridge Road. Therefore, a zebra crossing at this point is unlikely to be provided. Furthermore, due to the 40mph speed limit, uh, a signal crossing would be required to meet highway standards. This could only be sited at the roundabout. It's likely that the traffic lights would be required at every entry and exit point of the roundabout, therefore making this unpractical. The existing crossing at the roundabout serves a new development of Warple Farm, uh, a development of over 140 dwellings. Therefore, the introduction of this further 35 dwellings on this site would not contribute to such an increase in pedestrian movements that would require any further crossing. The Highway Authority does not support the proposed pedestrian crossing and do not consider that it is necessary to make the development acceptable in planning terms. Taking into consideration the deferral reasons, the proposal is considered an acceptable form of development in accordance with local and national planning policies the application is recommended for approval subject to section 106 and conditions.
0: Thank you, Mr. Tyler. Um, we have three speakers. I'll take Councillor Alan Dean first. Councillor Dean, you have five minutes,
26: which I know you won't take. Who knows? Thank you, Mr. Chairman and, and committee. Um, I repeat what I said last week, that I, in principle, I support development on this site, but I still believe that the detail is not right and more work needs to be done. Three areas. One is height of the land and landscape. The second one is access and egress for pedestrians. And the third one is the state of the pavement along Cambridge Road. I want to, if I may, go back to the year 2000 when pl- planning permission was given for erection of a new church, church hall and presbytery, just to the, immediately to the south of this site. And I'm pleased that uh, most members of the committee went on the tour this morning and saw that. And so the difference in land height, that the church is much lower than part of this site and I I want to refer to the decision notice for that that application which says uh, that there was a condition C.5.2 which was about development materials uh, that that they should be appropriate and and looked at because of the appropriateness or it was appropriate to consider those in an area of special landscape value and I think that's an important term which will come up more than once an area of special landscape value because that term and that matter is not mentioned at all in your current report on a piece of land which is more visible than the church site more visible than the church site the um, second Conditions, C.4.1, referred to needing to consider proposed finish levels of the site. So there was a condition on that. There was a need for um, to address access and visibility displays and landscaping. And again, that was in the interest of visual amenity of the area of special landscape value. Uh, that was, that's partly mentioned in, in your present report, but not the term special landscape value. And then C.4.2 talked about hard and soft landscaping works before the building could be occupied, and there is no reference to that in the context of an area of special landscape value. And the same goes for conditions C.7.1. No development shall take place until cross-sections of the site and adjoining land, including details of existing levels, buildings, etc., etc., are considered. Again, uh, it was all to do with street scene and visibility. So that that goes back to albeit that building was uh, built about 15 years ago, I think. And as far as I'm aware, the the council has no less concern about areas of special landscape value now than it had then. So I'm disappointed that as things stand at the moment, that has not been thoroughly addressed. You you looked, committee, at, at the egress sites this morning I am concerned I'm particularly concerned about the 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 corner of the land to the to the south where it abuts um, abuts the church that I've just been referred to referring to the side at um, in Cambridge Road there's a proposal for a stepped uh, access and egress which I think is not fair for people with disabilities I cannot see why if the highest part of the site is not is left vacant fr- from properties, in other words the, the houses are moved a little bit to the north, that, that a sloped site, a sloped access cannot be put in down to Cambridge Road and the committee did look at the high lane side and will have seen a gate albeit not in the Um, application site, that gate is not, but it's within the ownership of the, it's the same land ownership and therefore I see no reason why there cannot be a footpath along the edge of the hedge at High Lane to come out through that gate that would still not, not prevent the uh, the, the house, whatever is proposed on that site being built but it will provide a safe and, and sloping access. So I, I think that you know, those two areas need to be looked at carefully and my third point is and, and members of the committee didn't actually walk on the worst part of the pavement in Cambridge Road. but if, when we came out through the gate from St. Teresa's Church we turned right If one turns left, it's actually in a slightly worse condition than it is to the right, but nevertheless, you will have seen that it's extremely narrow. Since your last meeting, I went down there. I went to a quiz at the church one Saturday evening, and I I put my hand on my heart, and I say I was worried for my own safety, walking, one, in the dark because there's no street lighting, two, the pavement is very narrow, and I had oncoming traffic close to me on my left... Um, and it felt unsafe, and the, and the surface is uneven. So, to me, it's unac- totally unacceptable to propose a development in this location without safe access for pedestrians to Cambridge Road as well as to Lower Street, which, of course, there is now a, a decent pavement there and and that pavement is there partly because of the church because the church was required to put in a decent pavement 10 years or 15 years ago to get to lower street so i don't see why the same should not happen with this one on um on cambridge road so mr chairman those are my points i'm uh, you, I, I sent you photographs yesterday so i don't need to pass these round. i feel that before this application is determined that those Matters should be given thorough examination uh, and conditioned appropriately, if, if I may so ask. Request. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you, Mr. Dean. Councillor Dean, sorry, demoted you again. Uh, Mr. Geoffrey Sell, Councillor Sell. Geoffrey, you also have five minutes.
27: Thank you, Chairman. I'm here on my own behalf and also on behalf of Stanford Parish Council. You may recall that the parish clerk, Ruth Clifford, came uh, and spoke at the initial meeting. Our position has always been that we've accepted the principle of development on this site. Uh, I understand the reasons behind Essex Highway's non-support of pedestrian crossing and I can accept those reasons what as councillor dean has referred to is becoming far more important is the state of the footpath we talked in you talked in relation to the previous application about air pollution and we want to encourage healthy living people walking or cycling from the site into the center of the village because this is on the outskirts And that footpath which was referred to is extremely narrow. If you were... It's only suitable for one person. There is not space to two people walking that path. You would have to step into the road to get around someone. And therefore, the footpath does need attention. The site is adjacent to the Aubrey Buxton Reserve and it is as has been mentioned an area of special landscape value. Aubrey Buxton Reserve like Birchanger Wood forms my view lungs of their communities and it is one of the This site is one of the approaches to Stansted. So what I would urge members of the committee to do as much as possible to get this site right and get it fit for people who are going to live on that site. Any new development tends to include families with young children, bearing in mind that the crossing is not going to happen and that the majority of any nearby open spaces are going to be on the Walpole Meadows site, it's regrettable that there is a lack of any of open space on this site. The Parish Council did ask me to say that they were disappointed that concerns that they'd raised, i.e. for example tandem parking, hadn't really been addressed by the committee or been dismissed. So In conclusion, I think that the site is an important one in in the character of Stansted. So if we can get it right, and if we can, rather than leaving it to the county, and I think Councillor Goody will thank me for saying this, rather than leaving it to county highways to pick up at some future date, that we can get it right for people who are going to live on that site to go into the centre of the village and not take their car out, then this would be something that the council and myself would welcome. And just as a conclusion as a side, as a totally different, as I might say, as a parent of someone who went to, a child who went to Joyce Franklin, I think the committee made the right decision, but that's by the way. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Okay. Um, That's not relevant. I know, Nicky, I know you'll be succinct and to the point. <laughs>
28: Thank you, Chair. You have up to
0: 10 minutes, by the
28: way. Okay, I won't take that, I promise. Um, Members, at the last committee meeting, there was a lot of discussion about the extent to which the site was connected to the new development at Walpole Meadows, and there was some discussion about the topography of the site, and hopefully your site visit this morning will have helped to clarify those issues. At the last committee meeting, it was agreed that the scheme should be approved, subject to exploring the potential for a pedestrian crossing across Cambridge Road to Walpole Meadows. And in all other respects, this committee voted that the scheme was deemed to be acceptable. I can confirm that the issue of the pedestrian crossing has been thoroughly explored by the applicant and your officers, and that we have met with the parish to discuss these matters further. Discussion has also been had with the Highway Authority, and as you've been pointed out at paragraph 9.35 of the committee report, Uh, the Highway Authority have confirmed why they would not support a new crossing in that position. The position of the Highway Authority on this matter is very clear, and as the road is their property, not ours and not this council's, it is not possible to insist that a crossing is provided, notwithstanding your officer's position that such a request would be contrary to the civil regulations. At the site visit you saw the newly constructed pedestrian crossing points at the new roundabout junction which link into the new footpath connections through to High Lane and in turn the main and step free access into the site. Although this crossing is not a controlled crossing point, it does provide a safe route for pedestrians to the satisfaction of the Highway Authority. The Highway Authority has has always considered that the route from Walpole Meadows to the centre of Stansted should be via High Lane and it was for that reason that the improvements to the footpath along High Lane were carried out and those that visited the site today will have seen and walked along those themselves. It is also for that reason that the detailed design of the new roundabout junction was prepared in such a way that it directed pedestrians to that route. It stands to reason, therefore, that such a route is entirely capable of conveying people from this application site to either Walpole Meadows or to the centre of Stansted. A further area of discussion at the last meeting was the nature of the pedestrian access points into the application site, and I know that this is something that Councillor Dean is particularly concerned about it is true that two of the pedestrian access points, one from Cambridge Road and one from High Lane, are stepped. However, it is also true that an alternative and step-free route is provided from each of these roads and into the site. The stepped access points are therefore additional routes and were added at the request of the Parish Council. They are not needed to make this site, this scheme acceptable in accessibility terms. They are in fact a bonus to the development. As such, the site is fully accessible to all and there is no justification to redesign the scheme so that all four access points are step free. To do so would require the use of large ramps that would introduce a very urban feature into this landscape and would require the removal of the important tree screen that surrounds the site. Finally, we note Councillor Dean's concerns about the impact on the development of the wider landscape and the requirement for the church to include landscaping when it was developed. The main and obvious difference here is that the church came forward before the application site was identified for development in the emerging local and neighbourhood plan. This is a significant change in circumstances that renders the issues surrounding the determination of the church application irrelevant. And I should point out here, there was reference to the church being in an area of special landscape value. This application is supported by a landscape visual impact assessment, which I have read in detail. And I can confirm that this site does not include any special landscape characteristics or designations. Members, I mentioned last time we met that the layout has been carefully designed so that the buildings follow the contours of the site. This minimises the visual impact of the built form. And as I've already said, a landscape and visual impact assessment was included with the scheme and it demonstrates that only glimpsed views will be possible due to the topography of the site and the retention of the boundary vegetation. This will be supplemented by further tree planting within the site. It concludes that the proposal will will not give rise to unacceptable impacts on the landscape, and the findings of this document have not been disputed by your landscape officer, who instead has recommended conditions requiring detailed planting and boundary treatment and measures to protect the existing boundary vegetation. Members, you have a very thorough committee report before you that confirms that the proposal is consistent with your adopted plan in so far as it is applicable to this site and also benefits from the support of the statutory consultees. It provides a detailed analysis of the requests made by the Parish Council and explains, explains why in great detail they are not justifiable and more importantly why the scheme is acceptable in its current form. The proposal therefore provides an important and necessary addition to your land supply and is also consistent with the Emerging Neighbourhood and Local Plan and that should be approved without delay. There may well be other ways to develop this site but that's not relevant for your determination today. This is the application before you and your officer's report explains to you why it is acceptable in planning policy terms. I therefore request that you accept your officer's recommendation and approve this scheme.
0: Thank you, Nikki. Um, Okay. Uh, It's over to members, and I'll start with Councillor Luckland, followed by Councillor Wells.
22: Thank you. Um, Well, I'm very pleased to know that highways think that everybody should go down High Lane to get to the centre of the village, because if you know Stansted, and you probably do, Uh, there are two parts of the village, and one of those parts is Cambridge Road, where we have a commercial area, we have a fish and chip shop, cafe, chemist, chiropractor, Tesco's, hairdressers, I could go on, there's lots. Um, So, you know, High Lane is not an option if you're going to go down Cambridge Road, because otherwise it's a long way around. Uh, um, And I do share some of the concerns. That is very steep where the steps are going to go, and I know that's, Probably what is going to be built, but that doesn't make, mean to say that it's it's right. Uh, and also um, on the other side uh, with the disabled access, I actually live in Stansted. I didn't. Oh, before I said, oh, sorry, I should have said declare an interest. I actually have a non-prejudicial interest because I know the landowner. Um, but uh, or I'm acquainted with the landowner. Um, yeah, that's the, the narrow pathway. And again. I mean, we can't do anything about it, I don't believe. But I do feel that developers should take account of local residents when they build these uh Housing estates and schemes because it does when you build them it isn't just the people that use them they're going to use these facilities you have to think of the people that live there as well and this is out of the application but it 's a 40 mile an hour limit that has now become a built up area and the the um, speed limit in a built up area is thirty miles an hour so I hope our local councillors will be fighting to get that speed reduced up until that up to the roundabout where you will have noticed today that the uh, pedestrian crossing has actually been knocked over so that seems to me to be a good enough reason to reduce the speed limit but that's not in your gift but um so and that's all i'm going to say but please be aware that when you do do these things you know people like your local councils people like me that live there and you know do care about these developments and the impact they're going to have on the, the rest of the residents that live in the area or the future residents Councillor Wells.
9: Yes, well having seen the site now, because I didn't go to the previous one, I feel fairly content with the proposal to be perfectly honest and I don't think we can actually cover every single individual that may live there that can or can't walk or can't push a push chair or whatever. So I feel, and, and we have, there are ramps provided, there are steps provided or you can come out by car or whatever. The only concern I do have is, well, it's not really a concern to me, but the path, which seems to be a problem. Is there any way we can condition any improvement to that, or is that outside of our remit?
6: Mr Brown. <coughs> when you say the path, do you mean the Camis Road footpath? <coughs> Yeah. In defence of the de- in defence of the developer, and I will defend the developer here. The county it was the county that insisted that everything go in down High Lane, not Keynes Cambridge That's Road. But I also right. agree with Councillor Lochland that it's Stansfield's peculiar, and that it has to was part of its charm that it has two high streets, if you like. Um, to your question, the county have actually asked originally for the whole of the footpath to be widened by two metres from the site all the way up to five acres, which is more or less up more or less up to the commercial centre that is completely disproportionate in terms of what the county are requesting because it's not for this development to, to sort out all the ills of, of, of Stansted also if members were walking along that today the, the idea of widening in it to two metres could, well whether it could be widened is one question, the second question is it could cause a serious landscape impact because you're boking into the bank and it's back down to the urban, so that's a judgement issue so I think maybe not the improvement to to a two metre width, but maybe improvements to the the footpath to make it much more it needs to make it more desirable to actually walk along there, some tidying up, some verging, some slightly widening but i wouldn 't want to put an engineering um, sort of terms to it, but actually say maybe proposals to the improve the improve the Cambridge Road link the length of the site. So basically it takes you back up to the church. Um, and I would suggest you put that in the 106 rather than as a condition, as, as a terminology. Uh, but we're not looking at a two metre wide footpath all the way down, but it's just improving it.
9: Sorry, okay. uh, can um, I just come back then? Yes, you may. I, if, if we can put that down, I'm happy to propose it.
0: Okay, I'll park that for a minute and let everybody speak, and then I'll come back to it. Councillor Chambers and Councillor Lodge, Councillor Fairhurst... Councillor Chambers, first. Uh,
23: Mr. Chairman, I I, um, I go along with what Councillor Wells has, has been saying, but I still do not understand why you cannot put a slope. I have to agree with Councillor Dean. I don't very often agree with Councillor Dean, but you you have to when it when it is a slope that's as steep as that. There is no unearthly reason why you cannot put a slope. Uh, Mr. Brown's going to clarify.
6: They are. They are. You have two flat accesses, one onto High Lane and one onto Cambridge Road. And you have two additional accesses, which the step accesses are. These stepped accesses are not the solution link. They are an additional link put on following discussions between the the developer and the the parish council. So they are additional. So... You know, and normally the developer would not normally need, wouldn't, wouldn't normally provide those. It would just provide the two flat accesses it already has. And there are two flat accesses onto both Cambridge Road and High Lane, but these are additional. And, and also to make them, um, to, you know, make them disabled compliant, you would have whopping great ramps going on from both ends, which would have a serious engineering solution, which isn't necessary because they're already providing two flat accesses. So you've actually got four linkages onto High, Lane, two onto High and two onto Cambridge Road. So they
23: can all do it, if I may, Mr Chairman, they, they can, all disabled people can, can actually access
6: it? Well, yeah, there, there will be two accesses that will be adopted by the Highway Authority as acceptable under, under disabled access. And there's these other two which are additional. So there would be. The answer to your
23: question is yes. Well, I'm prepared to second uh, the i propose. Yeah.
7: I'm on the same theme uh, yes there are, there are two level accesses but they're in the wrong place um, it would mean that if somebody if a disabled person was in a, a house near the church they'd have to walk 150 yards down to the bottom and then come back again another 150 yards um, and I'm surprised that Councillor Wells saying that um, mothers with push chairs are not that important. I I actually think they they are important. And it's actually possible with a little bit of work um, to get get appropriate level accesses at the southwest corner and the southeast corner. Um, The southeast corner is restricted because there's a reserve plot where somebody wants to make even more money out of it. But you could easily do um, um, a level access which comes there down at the bottom of the the church path. So I think both of them are possible. Now then, um, do I want to do the nuclear um, action of of turn this down? Um, I don't really want to because, no, like like most people, I'm comfortable with the development in itself. Uh, But I'd like to make the developer do it properly. (coughs)
0: Uh, I think we are making the developer do it properly. I mean, you take this to the limit and we're giving a disabled access to every property. So how far do you go? Uh, I think you uh, go this uh, far. Let me me speak. They're basically providing two accesses on both sides, one of steps and one of ramps, within a fairly restricted site. I I take your point, it it could perhaps slightly be better, but where do we actually stop? So, Bloor have to a certain extent a good reputation, Uh, they've been a good delivery normally, Um, I don't see the reason for multiple access and egress points.
7: I I think you could do away with with the stepped access. The stepped access is uh, is not that important. If you could get out level access at both ends of the site, um, it would uh, would save save them money on the the steps. Don't need them. Take them away. Let's have the the sloped uh, entrance and exits to the southeast and the southwest corner.
6: Mr. Brown, the, to provide a flat access in the southern part of the site would have to be—you'd be ramp city. You'd have, you know, a, a whopping great situation where you would have an engineering solution to provide it a bit in the best position. That, well, I think we all agree it's probably the best position, but the actual impact on the landscape—and that was the opening start—would be would not be acceptable. It would would start causing problems. But I also pick up the chairman's point is that we do need, we can't keep fiddling around with a site to make it perfect for absolutely everybody. There is appropriate access for disabled people and for people people with wheelchairs and for pushchairs and I think we've got that and the the actual, the has provided more than that, providing these step accesses.
7: The, who's pushed a wheelchair 300 yards, mainly uphill, to say it's, it's suitable? I'm sorry, I com- completely um, disagree on that. There is there is scope to do it. It may well be that the developer makes a slightly smaller profit out of that, but I'm willing to let him reduce his co- uh, contribution to the Conservative Party by that amount. Oh,
0: <coughs> okay, okay, Now that's enough, that's enough, okay. Uh, no, I know, I'm just... <laughs> There's been enough politicking today. Um, the application is before us. And, and just uh, Councillor Sell made a point whereas the path not being wide enough, if I remember, you and I walked side by side right the way down there talking, uh, which I think we did from the top to the bottom. So, uh, I, I, you know, I, there are widths and widths, if you like. Um, the application is before us. I have a recommendation. Sorry, have you not spoken? Sorry, Councillor Ferris, I didn't see your hand. Thank you, Mr Chairman.
2: I think, I think we did discuss tandem parking last time and we did discuss cumulative air quality and I must, must beg to differ on that. I rather like the idea of, of Councillor Dean's suggestion of a gate because I think issues of safety are always important and we can carry on and on and on. But we had a deal, I think. We said send it back... Look at it again, get how to look at the process and bring it back. And on that basis, quite honestly, we probably sort of stick to our deal, quite
0: honestly. So I would pretend to support us. Thank you very much. Okay, I have a proposer and I have a proposer, Councillor Wells, seconder, Councillor Chambers. All those in favour of an approval, please show. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Councillor Lodge? Against. OK, for one against. That application is approved. Thank you very much. Everyone would like a two, three-minute break, um, and then we'll re... That's two or three minutes, everybody. Not cup of tea, Councillor Freeman.
29: Yep. <laughs> Please hold. Your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold 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 your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold 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 your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
0: Thank you, everybody, for uh, observing my request for no tea. There we go. Uh, UTT 182400, outline, outline planning? Outline planning for land east north of Clifford Smith Drive in Felstead. Maddie Jones to take us through it. Maddie, when you're ready.
30: Thank you, Chair oh, oh, yeah, yeah, So mm. uh, This application relates to a site that the committee members voted uh, visited in August in Watch House Green. This application is the same that was previously refused by the committee and the reasons for refusal was that the adverse effect on the rural character of the area in conflict with policy S7, lack of affordable housing provision and lack of contributions towards education. The proposal is for outline permission with all matters reserved except for access for the erection of up to 30 dwellings served via new access from Clifford Smith Drive complete with related infrastructure, open space and landscaping and includes outside adult exercise equipment. The new vehicular access would be created off Clifford Smith Drive to the south of the site. The indicative layout shows a mix of dwellings and it is proposed that there would be a range of dwellings from one bedroom bungalows to five bedroom houses. The indicative proposed mix is three five beds, six four beds, twelve three beds, seven two beds, and two one beds. Of these, 40% would be affordable housing and would include one bungalow. The proposed density of the site is 10.5 dwellings per hectare. There are some changes since that previous decision. The application would now require £184,568 index linked in education contributions, which is an increase of approximately £47,000 since the last application. The UDC's housing supply has fallen from 3.7 years to 3.46, which was published, uh, the trajectory was published after the decision. The revised MPPF, now at paragraph 68, states that small and medium sites can make an important contribution to meeting the housing requirement of an area and are often built out relatively quickly and also supports the effective use of land. The site allocated within the Felstead Neighbourhood Plan for land west of Berry Farm for 38 houses has now been submitted and because it involves provision of a doctor's surgery, Due to viability, it does not include any provisions of affordable housing. This application would still include the provision of 40% affordable housing. By approving this site does not mean that the sites within the allocated, those allocated within the Neighbourhood Plan cannot be approved. The site is still allocated within the Reg 19 Local Plan and although it would result in harm to the character of the countryside, it is considered that the benefits would outweigh that harm. And as such, the proposal is recommended for approval subject to Section 106 requirements and conditions listed in my report.
0: Thank you, Mrs. Jones. We have three speakers, and I'll take Mr. Roy Ram, Chairman of the Neighbourhood Planning Committee, first. Roy, you have three minutes.
31: apologies. Uh, Mr Freeman is also registered to speak I think for three minutes and with the chair's consent could I speak for six and him not? Yes, moves his <laughs> <laughs> Good afternoon my name is Roy Ram I chair the Felstead Neighbourhood Plan steering group and I'm supported by Richard Freeman, a steering group colleague also a Felstead parish councillor and a governor of Felstead primary school. Felstead is a Type A village because, amongst other things, we have two very important services, a primary school and a GP surgery. Our school is full. The school head, in his response to this application, said, I would like to point out that Felstead Primary School is full and does not have any places which you will need to take into consideration in this application. Our doctors and the West Essex Clinical Commissioning Group have told us that our surgery does not meet current NHS standards. Unless an alternative site for a new and larger surgery can be found in the parish, Felstead will lose its doctors. The Neighbourhood Plan's policies solve these problems. In September, our plan was submitted at the Regulation 14 stage to UDC as a statutory consultee. UDC did not make any negative representations on our strategy. Our plan responds to our obligation to contribute to UDC's housing targets, but we consider it critical that development also delivers resolutions to the issues surrounding our school and our doctors. This resubmitted application makes much of an offer of a financial contribution to the school, suggesting it could assist with the replacement of demountable buildings and implies that it will create additional pupil spaces. Neither is correct. A fully funded contract to replace the classrooms has already been awarded. Moreover, it will not add a single pupil place. During the plan period, the school may want to increase pupil capacity. However, this cannot be achieved unless the virtual gridlock around the school at drop-off and pick-up times, which we also consider to be putting children and parents at risk, is also resolved. Felstead Neighbourhood Plan includes policies and site allocations that support the provision of a larger doctor's surgery and extensive car parking and drop-off facilities, as well as offering additional recreational facilities to the primary school. However, delivery is wholly dependent on community support for the neighbourhood plan at referendum, and housing development is the critical issue. UDC Regulation 19 dwelling numbers for the period 2011 to 2033 is 737 for Type A villages, or around 39 dwellings for each. Felstead's plan supports the provision of 63 houses during the plan period, 77% more housing than UDC can expect of us. Since 2011, Felsted has had 62 homes approved, with the 63 in our plan that is 125, or three times the average for a Type A village. If you approve the additional 30 before you today, you are expecting Felstead to accept four times the average allocation for a Type A village. The application before you states that this development would provide needed affordable housing, This site is outside the planning envelope and really only appropriate as a possible future rural exception site following a properly implemented housing needs survey. Felstead has completed two housing needs surveys in the last six years. The findings were used to support the development adjacent to this application incorporating Clifford Smith Drive. Completed in 2016, this development addressed Felsted's identified housing need. There is no evidence whatsoever of current unmet need in Felstead. If these 30 additional dwellings with no identified or required community benefit are approved our community is very likely to say enough is enough A no to our neighbourhood plan referendum will not only lose the 63 dwellings it will risk the loss, of, the loss or development of the critical amenities that qualify us as a type A village. This committee can refuse this application again. The 2018 MPPF refers to neighbourhood plans in relation to the consideration of the presumption in favour of sustainable development. Para 14 states, permission should not usually be granted in situations where such an approval fails to protect assets of particular importance. It goes on, the framework provides a clear reason for refusing development where any adverse impact of doing so would significantly and demonstrably outweigh the benefits when assessed against the policies in this framework taken as a whole. It confirms that this should be the case, and I quote again, provided the neighbourhood plan contains policies and allocations to meet its identified housing requirement. Felste's neighbourhood plan does exactly that. This committee is able and must consider important factors beyond and in, and in addition to the technical remit of planning officers. You did that just a few weeks ago when you refused this application. Critically, the minutes of the August meeting rejecting this application recognise that approval could undermine our neighbourhood plan. Nothing has changed. This remains the case. This application only delivers risk to Felsted. It risks losing our doctor's surgery. It risks the opportunity to alleviate congestion around our school. It puts at risk the opportunity for future growth of our primary school. It risks our neighbourhood plan, four years in the making, being rejected by our community and over 30 policies intended to protect the future and the environment of Felstead being lost. At your August planning meeting Mr Brown declared our neighbourhood plan to be a very good piece of work Ladies and gentlemen of the planning committee, the decision is in your hands. Support us again and refuse this application. Thank you, Chair.
0: Uh, Thank you, Mr Ram. Um, In that case, we need uh, Chris Loon. Chris, you also have six minutes.
32: Thank you, Chairman. Good afternoon, members. Uh, as you heard, this is a revised application for up to 30 dwellings following the previous refusal by a split committee vote on the 1 August. I emailed a letter to the committee yesterday. Uh, I hope you've managed to review this. The key points to highlight are as follows. Uh, the original application was refused for three reasons, two of which concern the mechanism to secure affordable housing and education contributions. These matters can easily be dealt with via a section 106 agreement. The application was refused principally on the grounds. It would adversely affect the character of the rural area. And in response, the character is heavily influenced by the adjacent modern housing development at Clifford Smith Drive, which lies in the rural area. The site is also bounded to the north by residential land. The landscape and visual assessment identifies no harm on landscape or visual grounds. The Council's own landscape character assessment indicates that the landscape here has a low to moderate sensitivity to change it is able to absorb development especially by retaining mature boundary vegetation the site is overgrown it's not farmland it has no meaningful land use or role in the character of the countryside policy s7 allows for development where it is appropriate to a rural area given the land use landscape and visual context i've described this is a site which is appropriate to the particular circumstances of this rural area. I would also point out that housing would be set back 50 metres from Braintree Road it would not be intrusive. The density of the scheme is low at 10.5 dwellings per hectare reflecting Clifford Smith Drive and an edge of village location. The Council's SLAR update recognises housing development is suitable here and Uttlesford has allocated this site for approximately 30 houses in its emerging local plan. Since the previous uh, application decision, there are updates and other information to report which are material to your deliberations. Your housing land supply, as you know, has worsened from 3.7 to 3.4 years, which brings an increased imperative to approve housing sites to meet government policy. The emerging local plan also relies on the delivery of the application site as part of its forward five-year housing land supply. A political objector spoke at the last meeting and incorrectly stated that your SLA has assessed this site as unsustainable, which may have influenced your decision. To report matters correctly, the council SLA update, May 2018, states the site is suitable, available and achievable, and housing, and I quote, would reflect the recent development to the south. This character assessment by the Council contradicts your refusal on grounds of character. The site's allocation in your Reg 19 plan consultation did not attract, I'm told, any objections from members of the public following the end of the consultation in August. Para 68 of the new MPPF specifically supports small and medium-sized sites like this as they can make an important contribution to meeting housing requirements of an area and are often built out quickly. Para 118D of the revised MPPF supports the development of underutilised land such as this, especially if it would help to meet identified needs for housing. Some members also raised concerns that the application, if approved, would undermine the work of the early stages in the neighbourhood plan. The application, however, was not refused as being prejudicial or premature to the neighbourhood plan, and indeed MPPF policy, para 49, would not support such reason. Little weight can therefore be given to the emerging neighbourhood plan. It cannot place a moratorium on development. It still has several stages to go through and is at least six months from the chance of adoption. Regarding affordable housing, the committee uh, thought that affordable housing needs for Felsted had been met. But according to the uh, Felsted Housing Needs Study, 14 houses are needed and only ten have actually been built. However, the committee should look at this application on an Uttlesford wide basis. It is also noted that the other housing sites promoted in the emerging neighbourhood plan only propose market housing. Regarding education provision yes the school has capacity issues but the application will pay its way through making, mitigating financial contributions as required by planning policy as will applications for other housing sites promoted by the neighbourhood or local plans. There are numerous benefits of this scheme – housing, affordable housing, public open spaces, equipped play areas, exercise equipment for healthy living, a new footpath link benefiting existing residents, removal of ugly overhead power lines, financial contributions to education, new homes bonus, custom for shops, bus services etc. In the tilted balance these clear benefits are not significantly or demonstrably outweighed by any alleged harm upon character. Finally, Chairman, my clients have therefore appealed the earlier refused application. And at the appeal hearing, the Council will be asked why it refused the application for housing, contrary to its own character assessments, at a site which it is also promoting for housing in its local plan. And without a plausible explanation, the Council is at risk in trying to defend such appeal. Accordingly, I therefore urge you now to grant this application and accept your professional officers' recommendation. This is a sustainable development. Thank you.
0: <coughs> Thank you, Mr. Loon. Okay, committee, over to you. Councillor Fairhurst.
2: Just a question. Um, we've heard that this is well within the, the current neighbourhood plan which is being developed. Um, I would like to know, apparently there was no response, from, or UDC did not find any problems with that, and yet neighbourhood plans have got to be in line with the, the emerging local plan. So is it in line or isn't it in line with the, the, the emerging local plan?
0: I think to clarify there, I think uh, what Mr. Loom was saying was it was uh, in line with the emerging local plan at district level, not so much the neighbourhood plan. Does that make sense? It's confusing. The, the,
6: well, sorry, the neighbourhood, na- <coughs> I think Mr. Brown, I think the question was the how the neighbourhood plan aligns with the local plan, and well, they're both emerging at the same time is the bottom line. And I think you can't have a neighbourhood plan that, that it's issues is about adopting local plans and stuff like that. But they they seem they broadly in this site is not allocated within the neighbourhood plan, but that ne- not necessarily makes either the local plan or the neighbourhood plan particularly flawed in any way. They just they just because you can't unallog- you can't. Um, just because the site's not allocated to the neighbourhood plan doesn't mean to say the local plan can't do it. But at the moment, the process is moving along parallel. And, uh, and, and, I'm, and I'm going to say both of them have some weight, but restricted weight in terms of the local plan and the neighbourhood plan. You could argue that the neighbourhood plan, although it may not be as advanced, it is advanced, may get over the line quicker than the local plan. But it's not a race. But both of them have restricted weight at the moment, and it needs to be considered... In line with the current local plan, and also the the MPPF and the and the the shortfall in um, housing provision.
2: Yeah, Mr. Chairman, then, then, you know, if we establish, I mean, I think we agreed last time that the, the neighborhood plan needs to be supported. And I think we must strongly support the, the, the development of, of neighborhood plans because that's bringing things down to the local level and that's really good. Um, but let's assume that that is not, not a substantial issue. Then the questions of, of sustainability must relate to, to amenities and available space. If there's no space at the doctor, there's no space at the school, um, I can't imagine that 47 extra thousand will make a difference to our, our decision. Um, I need to be guided on that because it just seems that if, it's not, if, if there are no facilities, you can't build a house.
0: Mr. Brown, no? Or you want to come back? Maddie?
30: Um, the education com- contributions are not 47,000, they're, 180, um, they're 184,566.
0: Anybody else?
7: Councillor Lodge. Yeah, just for clarity. uh, Apologies, I hadn't researched this adequately, but it's not in the the adopted local plan. Am I correct in saying that?
0: Yeah. Thank you.
7: Sorry, to
2: labour the point a bit. um, When Felstead is in the position of an adopted neighbourhood plan, the requirement for land supply is no longer five years, but three years. Fels So, it is a bit of a race, isn't it? <laughs> you know, I'm saying we, we took a decision because we said, and we said it is here, is that we ardently support the development of neighbourhood plans. And so we're a little bit stuck here, aren't we? We were talking about keeping to our deals last time. Um, I'm minded to support the neighbourhood plan process here. We've got a chap who gave a brilliant summary of his neighbourhood plan, and this says it's not in it. We're going to give you 63 houses. We asked that type A's could give you less than that, 30-odd thousand. And now he's saying, well, in this, including the 62 actually have been accepted, and the 63, we're going to lump on another 35. It seems a bit, a bit hard on the poor old Felstead. I, I, they should feel a little bit victimised by this.
0: Uh, yes, I, I'm in agreement with you on this, but uh, does anybody else need to speak as such? Yes, well, can I? am going Fed, to propose rejection on that basis. You're going to propose a rejection. Does that find a seconder? <laughs> Councillor Lodge. Okay, I have a proposal.
6: You want to help in the future, <laughs> <isn't>, don't you? <laughs>
0: I, I, I need a little bit of assistance with the
11: reason.
6: Yeah, although what you've just said. Um, It is very difficult to to frame a refusal reason that something's premature to enable a plan. Um, But I'm not saying do it for what you refuse it for last time, but what you refused it for last time was S7 in terms of its development and the benefits of the development don't outweigh the the impact on the countryside. Um, Well, the amenity... Well, yeah, don't worry. The amenity issue is the other refusal reasons, which are around Gen 6 and H9, which are basically affordable housing. You can't throw the baby out
0: with the bathwater. That's what it was refused for last time. So you're going to stay with the same reasons, yeah? Okay. I have uh, a motion for refusal, and I have a seconder for refusal. All those in favour of refusal, please show. One, two, three, four, five, six... Those in favour of an approval? One. Those abstaining? One. What are you doing? <laughs> I didn't see your hand. Up. Also, Terry didn't, uh, Ter- uh, sorry, Terry. Do you do that You're refusing as well. Okay. okay. So do, do, so, do, do, I'll just do that again. Do want, yeah,
6: just do that I'm right. just going to do that
0: again for clarification. All those in favour of a refusal, please show. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight those in favour and approval, one. Those abstaining, one. That makes ten. Okay. That item is closed. Yeah, refused. UTT 181467, full application at home base, Luke Mills.
10: Thank you Chairman. The site is located off Elizabeth Close in Saffron Walden and comprises a DIY store and its car park. The application seeks to vary the condition that restricts the range of goods that can be sold from the premises. During the determination period the proposed range of goods has been reduced in line with comments received from the Council's retail planning consultant and the highway authority. It is recommended that approval be granted. Okay. We have one
0: speaker, Councillor Lodge. No, John, it's you.
7: <laughs> yeah, I'd I'd love to Im- improve the range of products I can buy within walking distance of my home. So, although sadly it's probably only going to be for a limited period,
0: um, I will uh, propose acceptance. I'm happy to second that from the chair. Uh, right, I have a recommendation for approval and a seconder. All those in favour, please show. Get both uh, Councillor uh, Freeman and myself recuse ourselves from the Saffron Walden decision. Okay, that's fine. D- that's fine. Decorous. Okay. Can the eight remaining members please vote? Then, all those in favour, please show. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and two recuses. <coughs> Thank you, Luke. That was brief. Uh, UTT 182642,
25: Mr. Tyler, 28 Tukes Way. Thank you, Chairman. Uh, The application is being considered by the Planning Committee as the applicant and owner of the property is Uttlesford District Council. The application relates to a two-storey end-of-terrace property located in the residential development of Tukes Way in Saffron Walden. The site benefits from a large corner plot garden and off-street parking to the front of the site. The application is for a proposed single storey side extension Uh, this is the existing plans the proposed plans to the so a um, proposed uh, single storey side and front extension Um, the extension is required as a member of the family occupying the dwelling has mobility issues due to ongoing uh, an ongoing disability Uh, a ground floor bedroom and bathroom will provide significant improved habitable um, accommodation uh, although the design is of a flat flat roof and includes a flat roof the extension is not considered to result in the introduction of a dominating or obtrusive feature the extension is considered to be in character with uh, existing the existing dwelling and surrounding neighbouring properties which have also been extended the extension will not result in any harm to neighbouring properties in result of overlooking or loss of light Sufficient off-street parking is provided to the front of the site in accordance with Uttersford local residential parking standards. Therefore, the application is recommended for approval uh, subject to conditions. Thank you, Mr. Tyler. Uh, Councillor Chambers.
23: I propose approval, Mr. Chairman. Mr. Chairman, I second that.
0: Okay. um, I have... Uh, a proposal for acceptance, and I have a seconder. All those in favour of accepting this application, please show. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and two recuses. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you, Mr. Tyler. UTT 182426, an NMA, land to the east of Frambury Lane in Newport. Luke Mills to take us through it.
10: Thank you Chairman. The site is located off Fanbury Lane in Newport and comprises a former garage ground rent site. Planning permission was granted in November 2017 for the erection of four houses. The application is for a non-material amendment to the permission to facilitate a negligible increase in the building footprints and minor changes to some window designs. These are the proposed elevations. It is recommended that the application be approved. And just for members, we were trying
0: to spot the difference earlier, and we couldn't. It's something like that. It is very minor. Uh, Councillor Chambers. I propose approval, Mr. Chen. Councillor Lemon, I, seconding?
24: I second that, Mr. Chen. Okay,
0: I have a recommendation for an approval and a seconder. All those in favour, please show. That's unanimous. Thank you very much. Luke. Now, Mr Brown will take us through UTT 182797, in lieu of Mr McElvoy.
6: Again, Chairman, this is because we are the landowner, that's why it's in front of you. Um, I think this was even duller than the one before. Um, I think the description is, there's a number amendment amendment to increase the footprints of both three and four by half a brick changes to fenestration on all four plots shed and boundary fencing repositioned reposition the plots three and four and revision to private drives for plot three and four i will fast forward <coughs> to the actual which there it is this is where the differences are um, these have just shifted over just a little bit along here there's some changes to this particular thing. It's just slightly changed, very, very minimally. And this used to be a continuous wall across here, but now it's a broken down wall. And uh, that's basically it.
0: What Minister Brown means is a wall with gaps in it. Uh, Councillor Fairhurst? Move to adopt, to accept. Okay. And Councillor Chambers seconding. All those in favour, please show. That is unanimous. Thank you very much. And finally for today, UTT 182854, it's a TCA, um, Southview Walden Road. And Mr Brown is again, again, Mr Ben Smeden.
6: Um There's no presentation for this because you've got photographs on your report. Um, just to remind you, the TCA's are works to trees on a, in a conservation area, even though they're not TPO'd, they have to notify the local planning authority, and we must decide whether or not we want to TPO them or not. Um, and um, we have two trees. I think if you look at page 134, one's the yew tree, which is which is proposed to be removed, and the second one is all very it's very confusing in this picture. You've got a yew tree along the front, and then you've got a beech tree sort of around there, and it's it's the little bit at the very top where the arrow is. That apparently is a Chew a tree or whatever it's called. Chewja. I don't know. That's what it is. <laughs> it is a tree. It's a non it's a nondescript very tree that's not worthy of TPOing. But Just to clarify, it's not the whole of that tree because you've got the yew tree at the front, a beech tree around the back and no, no way are they going to be removed and you've got a Chewy.
0: Thank you very much for that, Mr. Brown. Uh, Councillor Chambers?
23: There's approval, Mr.
0: Does that find a seconder? Councillor Fairhurst? Okay. All those in favour of chopping the trees? (laughs) That's uh, unanimously approved. Thank you very much indeed. That concludes today. Thank you very, very much, everybody.